Welcome to Wizard Team, a Harry Potter cast for true Potterheads. Each week we discuss a chapter from the series with all of our knowledge of the world of Harry Potter. Be warned that this is a spoiler-heavy podcast. I'm Robin. And I'm Bayana. We're really excited to go through these chapters and discuss all of our thoughts and feelings about the book. Today we are discussing chapter 13 of Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince, The Secret Riddle. Um, it's episode 150! We are we all here. the way out here. 150 episodes. We're damn near close to Law and Order Challenge. You know, it's technically more than that. I think it's actually like 174 because we have um, bonus episodes. But 150 of like official episodes. Yes. We've gone through 150 chapters or about to get through 150 chapters of Harry Potter. still here. That's wild. That is insane. So I was um, looking to like put together a reel or some sort. And I asked Bayana, like, hey, so what are some of your favorite moments of me on Wizard Team? And she was like, when you screamed penis. Well, I was like, I don't think that that is helpful. It's not. So that was why I didn't really have that much input, because that's the first thing that popped in my head. And I was like, maybe I shouldn't be It's definitely not going to make the reel that I'm going to use to hopefully get, you know, paying positions. But it reminded me. That I did that in like episode two mm-hmm. or three. Two. It is episode one fifty. Y'all still listening? More of you are listening than were listening when I screamed. <laughs> and yet you're still here. You know, the world works so in thank mysterious you, ways. But also, do you want to talk, fam? You okay? What's going on? Because <laughs> your girl is not healthy, mm. and y'all just rocking oh with my. it. Bayana can't go anywhere. She's family. It's true. Like That's true. I don't have a choice. But thank you guys. You have a choice. And you're still here. <laughs> and I appreciate it. Um, so we have some announcements and reminders. We want this podcast to be interactive. I want to know your thoughts. So please feel free to tweet along with us. You can use the hashtag wizard team on Twitter to follow along. Love our blog. Love wizard team. Have a few extra galleons lying around. Donate to Black Girls Create. You can become a Patronus or send us a cheering term at blackgirlscreate.org slash donate. This is now more important than ever because you like your girl is about to be unemployed, Sam. So, you know, help us out. <laughs> and we have Wizard Team merch. So head over to our website and step up our nerd, step up your nerd fashion and stationary game. Um, and if you want to support us, but don't have the funds to do so, or even if you do and you just want to support us a little bit more, you can rate and review us on iTunes, Google Play, wherever you get your pop tune in, Stitcher, uh, I, Apple, well, no, Apple is iTunes. You know, at anywhere, you, wherever you're listening to this podcast, I'm sure there's a rate and review option. So do that and then copy and paste and then go back to iTunes and then do it again. Boom. Um, also subscribe to Black Witches Weekly, our newsletter curated by Wizard Bay Deborah with nerd news and links to what's been going on. So if you want to be in the know, be sure to subscribe. You can do that at blackrosecreate.org. And now. Um, you can get all the butterbeer you want at the Wizarding Worlds of Harry Potter in Los Angeles and in the WEB studio tour in London. Butterbeer ice cream. Weird that they don't have... Butterbeer ice cream, specifically. Butterbeer ice cream, sorry. Yes, specifically. It's weird that they don't have it at 
the Florida or the Jap- Japanese Wizarding World, but sucks to suck. That's me, fam. <laughs> also, what the hell does that mean? <laughs> also, like, also, it's kind of a like, it's kind of a shade to me because, like, I mean, I've been to the studio tour, but it was before the ice cream, and I still haven't been to the Wizarding World, so sucks. We can do suck. it. We will do it. It'll happen this year soon. I don't know when. Delia makes a great point in the chat that Florida is hot as hell. So that's true. It really should be ice cream. But LA too, sometimes. But most of the time. It's a different kind of heat though. Oh yeah. Oh, and where it is, it's in like the valley. Shout out to where I was born. <laughs> but the valley is no joke. The valley is hot. It's awful. Yeah. Um, moving on, Wizard Team will be at LeakyCon 2018, so if you'll be there, come check us out talking about Potter things with our Potter friends in Dallas from August 10th to the 12th. Um, we'll be doing a lot of, we have a lot of different panels, um, I will be doing a Wizard Team live, and like a thousand other things, so you have plenty of opportunities to see us and come say hi. Um, we'll be doing a Potterheads of Color meetup, so if you are a Potterhead of Color, just come hang out. I don't know what we're going to do yet, but we're just going to like be Potterheads of color in the same room and then that'll be fun. Um, so we'll talk about Potterheads of color. Thing. Yeah. And if you are not going to LeakyCon, but are in the Dallas area, we might do like, I don't know, a meetup or something, but it has to be indoors with AC. Yep. That is a So if enough of you reach out and say we're in the area, but we weren't able to get tickets to LeakyCon because LeakyCon is sold out. We could be like, all right, come through to this spot with AC and we'll meet there. Mm-hmm. Preferably like a Barnes & Noble or something. Ooh, that'd be nice. That sounds cool. We're going to talk about Wouldn't this. that be great? Hit us up. Like, or a local bookstore. But like, what I, I'm, I'm putting it out there here. I'm putting it out there here. That works. No. Okay, it works. Y'all know what I'm trying mm-hmm. to say. I'm, pu- I'm just like, let us know. Don't be on some, it's August 10th. Hey, y'all want to hang out because we're going to be busy then because we're going to be at the con. Right. So we need a little bit of like time, you know, time for logistics and whatnot. Um, so if enough of you let us know, send us an owl, we can figure something out. Yeah. And then folks who are at the we con, are also going- folks who are at the con can also come through. I know there's like a few people at this point right. who are, so it'll be like a full wizard team hangout situation and it'll be fun um also follow LeakyCon on twitter at LeakyCon um and LeakyCon.com for info on special guests um schedules which hasn't come out yet but it's probably soon um and more it's gonna be great we are going to also be at San Diego Comic Con pew 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 we don't have panels because they don't like us <laughs> but we're gonna be nerdy we be there we'll be roaming around we will be at the um nerds of color meetup hangout vibe through thing <laughs> vibe through mm-hmm. that's the word that's now the word. it's a thing that people do mm-hmm. you don't know because you ain't cool i'm just letting you i'm putting you up on ahead of her time a vibe through. she's in 2030 I'm ahead. I'm starting, starting new things. <laughs> um, I love that I called my parents um, on Monday. My Monday was my birthday, and I called my parents, and I was like, "Happy anniversary! Don't forget, 
Me and Biata coming through. Also, my friend might be spending the night. I don't know yet. But also, don't forget, we coming, but we ain't really going to be there because we're going to be at the con. But we're going to be at your house to sleep. And I'm going to need some food. And also, don't forget, you're going to be dropping us off and picking us <laughs> up. And, yeah, love you. Bye. Yeah. And my parents are just like, yeah. Cool. <laughs> my mom was like, just let me know at some point how many people are in my house. And I was like, all right. So, I'll let you know when I figure it out. That's a <laughs> But happy anniversary. <laughs> um. My parents think it's funny that I wish them happy anniversary on my birthday, but like, well, like we we say, I was gonna say we say happy birthday to my to my mom. Like on our birthday, we yeah. just say happy birthday. She did all the work. Yeah, it was yeah. the day where you she know. gave birth. Boom, right. <laughs> it makes more sense to say happy birthday to her than to you. Yeah, kind of. Not a fact. I'm gonna start getting her a cake. You know, you might you should. Probably I'm going to start making her a pazuki. Tell Akira. <laughs> She'll be jealous. She'll be like, damn. She'll be so mad. <laughs> um, okay, let's okay. let's go into the chapter. Um, previously... Can we have to, though? Yeah, this one's... Not bad. Oh, I had wait, a... Before we get started. Oh, uh-huh. Before we do a previous... I was talking to Eliana, famous director you may have heard of her and some of the things that she's done such as Hermione Granger in the quarter life crisis and um slandering Ronald Billius Weasley all over up and down the <laughs> um with some of her top credits um, <laughs> you can find her an IMDb director Ronald Weasley slander <laughs> her Half-Blood Prince is her favorite book and she got mad at me when I told her she was wrong um, but, you know, fun fact. <laughs> Continue. I mean, that is, that's a good, I don't think I, I feel like she's probably said to me, I probably just forgot. But, nice. Yeah. Um, okay, so previously on Wizard Team, um, Dumbledore has been out and about doing no one knows what. Harry's feeling a little left out because of other things that transpired the year before. He's like, is he actually out and about or is he just avoiding me again? Um, Harry is trying spells that he has not heard of or know what they do. He's just trying them out. So that's a thing. Hermione is hating on the Half-Blood Prince, but is not wrong about the Half-Blood Prince. Um, They go to Hogsmeade, which is kind of boring and sad. Mundungus is stealing Sirius's stuff um, and sold the mirror to Aberforth. And then Katie... Mundungus is a hate-nath bitch. He is, indeed. I don't even, I, he's not a hate-nath bitch. He's just trifling. He's just trifling. He, he just shouldn't... He, like, he just said, ain't shit. Yeah. Nigga. He like, is. But he's not a nigga. He's definitely not. <laughs> yeah, no, he's he's a garbage person. And I just feel like he could not be that way. Right? So. He's had like all of these opportunities to do better. Yeah, he has. But he has not yet taken the opportunity. And so it just is like kind of his life now. 
Um, Katie Bell gets um, cursed. Or she gets, we think, imperious, but I'm pretty sure she got imperious, um, into taking a package up to Hogwarts. It happens to, like, the package happens to rip open when her and her friend are fighting about it, and she touches the um, necklace that's inside and is cursed. Um, Harry thinks that it's Draco, and Harry, I mean, Hermione and Ron are like, how about we don't talk about this? Hagrid has an adult moment and gets Katie to get the care that she needs immediately without any dawdling or being in his feelings. Um, and then McGonagall asks Harry for proof of Malfoy being the person to give Katie the um, necklace and he does not have that. And Ron and Hermione just wish he would shut up about it. And I feel like that was it. Um, I oh, Harry has a, shut up about it. Harry has another, he got a letter, he has another lesson, um, with Dumbledore, and he's slowly, he's becoming more and more annoyed that Jenny is not hanging out with him. That was the other thing. Oh, oh my god, is there a monster in this chapter? No, there no, is. not this one. No, next, next chapter. one. Next chapter. Yeah, because we were talking about the end of last time. Yeah, next one. Next yeah. week. I'm pretty sure. And I'm, that's gonna be interesting. It'll be very interesting. Um, okay, let's get into chapter 13, The Secret Riddle. Um, so Katie was removed to St. Mungo's the next day, by which time the news that she had been cursed had spread all over the school, though the details were confused, and no one other than Harry, Ron, Hermione, and Leanne seemed to know that Katie herself had not been the intended target. Oh, and Malfoy knows, of course, said Harry. To Ron and Hermione, who continued to faint their new policy of feigning deafness whenever Harry mentioned Malfoy is a Death Eater. Like, mentioned his theory. So they're, at this point, are like, maybe if we don't respond, he'll stop saying it. <laughs> oh my god, they're the Lucille Bluth meme. I don't understand the question, and I refuse to respond <laughs> to it. Um, when your friends get to the point where they are actively ignoring you, you might want to chill. Yeah, and it's so funny, because I feel bad, and I feel like we should bring this up, that he's not wrong. But he has no proof. But he has no proof. And he has a thousand other things that he should be worrying about. Like, I think that his problem, and um, Phineas Nigella says this in the last book, but, like, obviously it's it's insensitive in the moment. And, like, at the time, Harry was definitely dealing with, like, feeling abandonment from Dumbledore. But Harry always assumes that no one, and this has been from the beginning, like even with the Sorcerer's Stone like he just assumes that no one else knows what's going on and he's the only one who can stop it and it happens every time and that happened at the end of Order of the Phoenix where he just assumes that no one else is on top of their shit and it's only oh, up to him and and that's my. like the, that becomes the problem and that's how it backfires on him here and it backfired on him in Order of the Phoenix where he's just sitting there like I I know this and no one will listen to me, but it's like, have you ever stopped to consider that maybe they are listening to you, but they're leaving you out of it because it's not your business or because it has, you have like so many other things that you need to be worrying about, but you're focused on this and fixated on it. And really you should just go focus on something else like your schoolwork or your homework. That thing that you won't let me talk about, but is a thing that we both sat through and experienced and is, $5,000 $5,000 worth of something that I will continue to talk about because it's I'm still dumbfounded about how it is a thing, but also it's definitely a thing because it wasn't a fever dream because I was there with you and my other nerd bestie. 
his son is totally his son. That is the one thing that yeah that survives mm-hmm. canon. That is the one thing that was truly oh absolutely new the only yeah that I I it was true with. and it was why he's not a Slytherin. But that's not why we're here to talk on this podcast <laughs> right now. <laughs> that's not why we're here. Also that. Also that. <laughs> but like. It's a thing they have in common and also proves why he would never have been sorted into mm-hmm. Slytherin. That thing and then the mobile game do this thing where they're like, we're going to put you in a house, but it's not going to be the Gryffindor house, but you're going to be a Gryffindor. Mm-hmm. And do some Gryffindor ass shit. Maybe the sorting hat is just getting old and like senile. And he's like, Maybe what house do you want to be in, fam? All right, cool. You just do that. Yeah, I don't have time. I, don't have time. I already tried to warn y'all this house thing was dumb. <laughs> Y'all consist insist on mm-hmm. doing it. So whatever. Yep. Basically. So yeah, I just I think that Harry it's a character flaw and at this point it's just kind of what it is. It just is. keeps happening. And I don't really know what else we can like Delia says it reminds her of that part in Mean Girls where Katie says, I could hear everyone getting bored with me, but I couldn't yeah. stop. That's Harry on Malfoy. It's like word vomit. That's you know, and it's what I was, the other thing I was going to say is, like, I've read this book. I don't know. I feel like I've read this book a lot because I've read the series a lot, but it blurs. Like, I don't really remember um, how many times I read it. And I don't think I've ever, like, gone back and just read Half-Blood Prince mm-hmm. without then continuing on or starting from the beginning. But I feel that way. Even though I know he's right, and I know at the end he'll be somewhat vindicated, mm-hmm. every time I'm like, shut the fuck because up. It, because nobody it doesn't, cares. I think part of the reason is that nobody cares. And also, even if it is true, what is that going to change? Like, it doesn't change That's the things that happen, you know? Because even when he tells Dumbledore... Dumbledore knows that that's happening already and he already has his own plan. And like, granted, some of that plan he probably should have told Harry, but again, it's tied in with his death. And so like, we talked about why it's probably a good idea that uh, Dumbledore didn't tell her or didn't tell him about it. So I mean, like it's, it is in part Dumbledore's fault for not saying anything, I think, and not stopping him yeah. and not noticing that Harry is spiraling and that you need Thanks. to just... <laughs> For him to just be like, fam, please chill. Please know that I'm doing my job. I was going to say fixated, and you should have said spiraling, and I was like, "Uh, well, yeah. You're like, harsh? Nah, you're right. I just, I think that even Dumbledore saying like, all right, bro, I'm looking into it. Yeah. Because, and and even, and then, and then when it's over being like, I looked into it. And you don't have to go into the full thing, because Harry, all again, does not need to know all of this information. It does not have to do with his part of the play, really nothing. And so it's just, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Um, let's keep going. Um, Harry wondered whether Dumbledore would turn would return um, from wherever he had been in time for his Monday night lesson. And he did, looking unusually tired. Um, his hand was black and burned as ever. Um, which I'm, I'm guessing, and I feel like we've mentioned this, but like this is a progressive curse. And I'm sure that because he wears robes and like, you know, long sleeves, you can't see the extent. Because, like, in my head, he probably, when he first got it, it was just, like, up his fingertips, and then it just, like, keeps kind of growing. growing. Um, I have this really weird thing where I was thinking about alopecia, not alopecia, vitiligo. Oh. That's mm-hmm. what it's called. Um, and, like, I think the curse is somewhat like that. I agree. It's, like, spring. Yeah. 
slow, it's slowly spreading because um, Snape is able to like slow it down, mm-hmm. and, but it's it's still it's still happening. Because it's been months now since it happened, right? Because it is October. So yeah, it's been yeah. some months. It's October, fam. <laughs> okay, sorry. it's October already. It's so funny. Like we, yeah, I feel like we were just in June, but yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. So that's just like what's going on, I guess. Um, the Pensieve was sitting on the desk again. You've you've had a busy time while I've been away. Dumbledore said, "I believe you witnessed Katie's in- accident." Yes, sir. How is she? Still very unwell, although she was v- relatively lucky. She appears to have brushed the necklace. With only the smallest of possible amount of skin, um, had she put it on, had she even held it in her ungloved hand, she would have died perhaps instantly. Luckily, Professor Snape was able to do enough to prevent the rapid spread of the curse. Why him, said Harry? Why not Madame Pomfrey? <laughs> Which is a valid question, but also, like, not your business, again. <laughs> and also not the way that you no. ask that. <laughs> but, like, him? I do understand <laughs> the question, given that in his experience... Whenever he gets injured, he goes to Madame Pomfrey first. And I also think, like, in terms of this being a school and, like, learning, it's a valid, like, learning question. Why a potions master for a Defense against the dark arts in this situation. Oh, you're right. (laughs) But in other situations, he was, Snape was called because of potion situations. So. Right. Um, But, yeah. So, like, why is a valid question. Um, but why him? He's like, like, dude, who are you talking please. to? He is the headmaster. <laughs> um, impertinent, said uh, Phineas Nigellus. I would not have permitted a student to question uh, the way Hogwarts operated in my day, which is like true, but please chill. Like, go away. You too go mind your business. I love though, I kind of do love that like idea of the headmaster, the previous headmaster is like having much more like in-depth portraits mm-hmm. being on the wall and just like second guessing, just being like that old auntie that can't shut True. up, like the old auntie in the back, like, mm, that's not, that's what you're going to do. Okay. <laughs> Great. Nothing. I don't have, okay. <laughs> I mean, no, it's fine. It's fine. You do it. You, no, I wouldn't do it that I way, but you know, I, Yeah. I was just, I and I think it's interesting that that's what you chose to do, but, you know, it could work mm-hmm. for you. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, Delia says, Harry is on 10 this whole book, peak reckless, peak Gryffindor, peak Harry. Which, again, I just, like, it's very true, and I think it frustrates me more. And, like, it's funny, as we're talking, it's always frustrating me, but, like, as we're talking about it, I'm kind of understanding why I feel this way. I think it frustrates me more after the events of Order of the Phoenix, like after the end, because he's not thinking like, those actions that I took did not pay off that time. Let's look at why and let's not do that again. Hey, remember you did this thing and then we have this like, we have like the most amazing listener community and um, this one member of our community, Clarissa, made a sticker and it said, introspection. Have some chill. Have some chill. This is the thing I said. We should go find six-year Harry and just slap that sticker on his forehead. <laughs> but backwards, so like when he looks in the right. mirror. You can see it. It's just a daily reminder to have some chill. Um, Professor Snape. Chillaxius Maximus. <laughs> Maxima. Chillaxa Maxima. Chillaxa Maxima. Oh my goodness. 
Wait, never mind. Professor Snape knows more about defense about the dark arts than Madame Pomfrey. Um, anyway, the St. Mungo staff are sending me hourly reports, and I'm hopeful that Katie will make a full recovery in time. Um, where were you this weekend, sir? Harry asked. Wait, oh. wait, 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 mm-hmm. wait, 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 wait. Sorry, I'm sorry, and this will be my. It won't be, but it's one of my last introductions. Yeah. The staff at St. Mungo's is sending him hourly reports. Bitch, who has the time? They're trying to save that child's <laughs> life. Maybe like one and of also, them could just kind you? of like. No. But also like, where are her parents? Because her parents the called? doctor. I, I hope that since it got to St. Mungo's that her parents were called. And I could only think yes. that like part, like Dumbledore would want hourly reports in part, you know, to make sure his student's okay, but also mainly because like the curse, you know. And he knows it's yeah. meant for him. Yeah. I And that is all fine. But like hourly reports means that every 40 minutes right. of work, you have to stop and either go tell the grunt person who's given him the hourly report what the report is, or you have to like write it down and send it yourself. Either Maybe way, somebody use a quick quotes, Quill. Nah, they better be writing in triple or something. <laughs> and he could just get like the carbon, like double mm-hmm. hourly reports. Yeah. And I bet you the Minister of Magic, who actually has a stake in this, and the Minister Depart or the head of the Department of Magical Law Enforcement, who should actually be getting hourly Misuse reports. Misuse of uh, mobile artifacts, most likely as well. Misuse of other artifacts Arthur, too. Arthur got to know. Stuff, he gotta deal with the... Look at this bureaucracy. Yeah, I would be. I would be like, listen, I'm gonna have a news conference. <laughs> people do after like, yeah, yeah, it's a lot. And then y'all hear from me when you hear from me. But mm-hmm. I'm busy. save this kid's life. Um, where were you this weekend, sir? Harry asked. I would rather not say just now. However, I shall tell you in due course. You will, said Harry. Yes, I expect so, said Dumbledore. Um, because he's Horcrux hunting, and so he can't tell Harry about it now until he's had the lesson. Like, you know what I mean? Until he's, like, gone through learning these particular things about Voldemort, then he can be like, or he ends up being like, so this is what I've been doing, and now you can come with me. Harry mentions seeing Mundungus and Hogsmeade. Um, and Dumbledore's like, yeah, I I found out, or I know about Mundungus tripping, um, and says that Mundungus has gone to ground since Harry accosted him outside the three broomsticks, um, because he dreads facing Dumbledore, but he will not be making it, making away with any more of Sirius's old possessions. That mangy old half-blood has been stealing black heirlooms, said Phineas Nigellus, whose bigotry jumped out so quick. Um, in the chat, Portia, Shady Portia says the master of Hogwarts shade is mm-hmm. here. Um, and Julia says that Phineas really deserves screen time. He really he did. did. Uh, but I just love, like, all of the head mis- masters and mistresses are on the wall ear hustling. But Phineas got to things in. to say. <laughs> yes. Because he said that and then he said. stalked out of his frame to go visit number 12 Grimaud Place. He was like, I he had to no. He had to take inventory. Mm-hmm. He did. He, it's already bad enough this filthy half-blood in Dumbledore's office owned all that <laughs> shit. <laughs> Oof. Just. Man. And then Harry asked if McGonagall told, told Dumbledore about Malfoy. 
She told me of your suspicions, yes, and I shall take appropriate measures measures to investigate anyone who might have had a hand in Katie's accident. But what concerns me now, Harry, is our lesson. So again, he's not telling Harry everything. And I think that I still am on the fence about whether he should tell Harry about the Draco situation, because I don't think it would help knowing Harry and who he is. I feel like Sactum Simper would have just happened sooner. Um, and <laughs> also, again, Harry's focus. Like, I just, I, I, I don't, like, I, I think that it becomes a problem the way that Dumbledore compartmentalizes. Um, but I also think that compartmentalization is a thing because it can be helpful in some situations and in certain instances. And I don't think Harry needs all the information about what's happening with the order and against Voldemort. I think that he has a very specific job. And if he knows, I mean, like he learns certain things and different things happening. Right. And like, this isn't to say that Dumbledore is right in not telling him the, all of the things that he doesn't tell him. I think there are certain things that he doesn't tell him that he should have, but there are other things that would just cloud Harry's brain and really would not help or hurt him in, or like might hurt him in some situations because he gets distracted by people like Malfoy when he should be thinking about Voldemort. So I don't know. It's it's like I agree with you, but I do think that there is also a lack of clapback. Like, just to bring up your fave, when he gets reckless in Prisoner of Azkaban, Remus is like, "Look at all these people putting their exactly. lives out for you, fam. You better chill mm-hmm. the fuck out. Like, get in your spot. Like, and actually, like, I mean, Harry doesn't listen to but that. It's still, but still, like, like it, he does his part to like. It, I think that he does listen to it. But because after that, he doesn't do anything until Ron gets drugged under the tree. And at that point, like, what you gonna do? Like, that is his business at that point. But I think that, like, yeah, like you're saying, because he doesn't get that more than that one time, it just just goes right over his head and he doesn't think about it. He thinks it's okay. Wait, wait, wait. Sorry. Into the chat. Delia says, a quick little, hey, I'm Dumbledore. I got this. You just focus on being the chosen one. Yeah, I think that's it. You don't Um, have to tell him everything. Just let him know that you're not telling him everything and to mind his business. Because again, he does not need to know it all because some of it has nothing to do with him. And it's also a matter of letting him know that some of, like, because now he knows that he's the chosen one. He feels a lot of like, we already talked about his, like, survivor's remorse and all, and, like, his hero complex mm-hmm. or whatever we called it. He already puts all that stuff on him anyway, but just letting him know that, like, like, hey, I've, it's not my first merry-go-round. There are adults. You are a child. Like, chosen one or not. Like, calm down. You should be focusing right. on Your brain is not fully formed You don't yet. even know all the spells right. yet. Like, what are you going to do with Expelliarmus? I mean, like you can do a lot ago, with Spelliarmus. You were teaching defense against the dark arts, so maybe you can't even do nonverbal spells. So let's focus on that first, and then <laughs> then you come talk to me. The come Express. talk to me after that. That was a month ago, fam. <laughs> this that was a month ago. <laughs> That's where Snape would come in handy. If Draco can get you, it's like you. you know what really you know what Snape would be really good at <laughs> is being Dumbledore's anger translator. So now I kind of want that as, like, a thing where, like, Dumbledore... But the only problem is that Snape goes too hard. Like... Wait, wait, wait. Can we do... Can we do a little, like, reenactment? Can you be Dumbledore? Ew. I gotta be Snape, but it makes sense. Go ahead. Um, Okay. So... Professor, did the Professor McGon- or did Professor McGonagall tell you that I told her after... What I told her after Katie got hurt about Draco Malfoy? 
Um, and then Dumbledore is like, she told me of your suspicions. Yes. And do you, I shall take all appropriate measures to investigate anyone who might have had a hand in Katie's accident. I'm the fucking headmaster. You ain't running this shit. Ain't nobody tell you. Nobody care about your suspicions. Ain't nobody tell you to suspect nothing. <laughs> I said what I said. She said what she said. We don't need you. You 16. <laughs> you got got a month ago by Draco. So what you gonna do about it? Spelling Armistice <laughs> I really want somebody to... to, to like, because I don't... Like, I feel like that's the only... I would just... It doesn't need to be Snape. It but I feel be, like Snape would be perfect if he would tone it down, like... Phineas would be perfect. Phineas is good. But Phineas has to tone down his, his, his anti-muggle shit. And and Snape yeah. would just have to tone down his like bullying of children. Nathan. Like one, like both of them have an issue, and so it could potentially go left really quickly. But I also just feel like in that moment, Snape or maybe Alan Rickman Snape is who I'm thinking about. Let's be a hundred percent clear. Yeah, that's what um, I'm thinking about. But him yeah, just being like just staring at him like, like like that time that moment in actually in Phineas this movie would be like you dirty damn exactly. half blood and then jumping over like whoa <laughs> let's, whoa whoa let's, well I don't. And, and Snape would be on to him, you're just like your father, you strutting around out here like a peacock, like, and you're just like, fam, you brought your own, like, feelings and I stuff didn't. with you, and that wasn't why I brought you here. So it's like, it's like That's Alan not, Rickman Snape, you are not it's like Alan Rickman Snape, where in the movie, in Half-Life Prince, the movie, when uh, Snape is like, oh, Dumbledore told me to tell you happy holidays, and Harry's like, where is he? And Snape just walks away. Like, <laughs> that is what we need. <laughs> Someone yes. just be like, this is where this is none of your business. So. Yeah. Okay. I I love the idea that 16-year-old Harry just getting told. He needs it. This is none of your he business. He needs it. Do you got grown wizard money? <laughs> Do you pay bills around here? You paying Dobby's salary? He's not. Yeah. It's important to be put in your place. Yeah. Harry felt slightly resentful. If their lessons were so very important, why had there been such a long gap between the first and second? You can ask that, and he could probably tell you the reason, which is that it takes time to collect information. And also, he it has a thousand jobs. Dumbledore is the headmaster of a school and the head of a rebel group. Like, <laughs> like he's got a lot going on, fam. Head of a secret you know, society. He's the head of the Wise and Gamut. He has, like, he got jobs. Like Phaedra Parks. The supreme <laughs> um, Headmaster. You, know, you will remember, I'm sure, that we left the tale of Lord Voldemort's beginnings at the point where the handsome muggle Tom Riddle had abandoned his witch wife, Marope, and returned to his family home in Little Hangleton. Marope was left alone in London expecting the baby who would one day become Lord Voldemort. Um, how do you know she was in London? Because of the evidence of one Caractacus Burke. Um, who name man, it is a name um, who by an odd coincidence helped found the very shop whence that came the necklace we have just been discussing um, so Dumbledore swills the contents of the pensieve around um, and up out of the swirling silvery, silvery mass rose a little old man revolving slowly in the pensieve silver as a ghost but much more solid with a thatch of hair that completely covered his eyes um so this is one of those things that I wish we had seen in um, 
the movies. And it happens at the end of, it happens in Goblet of Fire um, when we see Bertha Jorkins. And then it happens again at the end of Order of Phoenix when we see the prophecy, when we see Trelawney give the prophecy. Um, we're like these really small memories are you just kind of have you don't need to have the whole ambiance you don't need to see like all the stuff that happened around you don't need the full story you just need their account of what happened and I feel like I wish that the movie had given us some of that but they took out a lot of pensive scenes so or like mushed them together um but I think that that would have been kind of nice to kind of see the different ways that you can look at memories um or like get records of people's memories so um so burke says we acquired it in curious circumstances it was brought in by a young witch just before christmas many years ago now she said she needed the gold badly well that much was obvious covered in rags and pretty far along going to have a baby see she said the locket had been slytherin's well we hear that sort of stuff all the time oh this was merlin's this was his favorite teapot but when i looked at it it had his mark all right and a few simple spells were enough to tell me the truth of course, that made it near enough priceless. She didn't seem to have any idea how much it was worth. Happy to get 10 galleons for it. Best bargain we ever made. Which is garbage. 10 galleons for the locket of Slytherin? I mean... So... This is going to be a weird fandom crossover. Okay. But in like Miz... Oh. <laughs> wow. When, when Ebony is like, have to pay her debt, she got a kid, and she takes like the only piece of jewelry, and like, or I think she also sells like her hair, and they don't give her nothing. That's out of pocket. I know. I mean, that was during the, you know, the French Revolution, off with your head and all that stuff, but still, yeah. the Wizarding World is in medieval times. True. That is true. Culturally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we know that near the end of her pregnancy, Marope was alone in London and desperate in desperate need of gold, desperate enough to sell one and on, her one and only valuable possession, the locket that was one of Marvolo's treasured family heirlooms. But she could do magic, said Harry impatiently. She could have gotten food or, and everything for herself by magic, couldn't she? Um, perhaps she could, said Dumbledore, but it is my belief, I'm guessing again, but I am sure I'm right. That when her husband abandoned her, Marope stopped using magic. I do not think that she wanted to be a witch any longer. Of course, it is also possible that her unrequited love and the attendant despair sapped her of her powers. That could happen. Um, so I need to know all of the ways in which your magic can. Get so I have. So okay. I have questions. So like, first of all, I just want to say fuck Marope again because she's a rapist, and that's. Like, I just don't want to, like, she was treated terribly and she had a Never terrible forget. life and had a terrible lot in life, but that does not excuse, um, forcing someone to she's take love Chris potion. She's the Chris Brown of the Wizarding You said she's who? <laughs> the Chris Brown Oh, Jesus. Oh, no. <laughs> she is. She oh, was no. abused. And then she just continued to abuse people to the point in which you could no longer feel bad about her initial abuse because she is havoc. <laughs> it's not funny, but it kind of is because I just was not. Oh my gosh. Yo. <laughs> you know yeah, what I, mean? I know what you mean. I do know what you mean. The Joe Jackson? No. She's yeah. Chris Brown. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's there's some differences, but mm-hmm. she went ahead and birthed the greatest dark wizard of all time as well. So that is another thing working against her. 
Oh, God. Let's all hope that Royalty <laughs> gets them out. <laughs> also, she's named after a check, y'all. Like, she don't got no, like, I'm just saying. Let's move on. Um, So, this is, so, again, so... So this is this is more of a conversation in the like romance department of so this is kind of bringing Tonks back into it. Um, so like this is fine. Like you you're sad, you're depressed, you're heartbroken, and your magic don't work the way it used to. Fine. My problem is that we only see that happen on this woman's side. We don't see any dudes who are heartbroken and then their stuff isn't their magic's not working or they or something's changed within Could them. Could you imagine or... how much better life would be if instead of Snape becoming Snape, he just became a squid ass? <laughs> well, like yes, right? Like or just or just had some kind of because we don't see like they keep saying like oh yeah your magic can be transformed irreparably or like just or just um, irreversibly and it can be changed or it can be like broken off of these like things which i i i get that right because they're like i understand why that would happen but i just it feels so one-sided um and obviously in this particular case it is one-sided which is the problem um but i just this sometimes this podcast really (laughs) just really Um, but I just, but I just feel like in I this, agree though. I think, yeah, it's just it's frustrating to keep having to read this and it be only the women who are like, it just to me it feels like you're so frail and so weak that like this one dude walks out of your life and now you can't use your magic anymore and I'm just like, bitch, what? No. But it's also it also to me is like women are so weak minded that like because we see like or we don't see but we hear for the most part, that, like, Remus is going through it. Um, he is, but then it's... Right, but, but we able, don't actually see that, right? And like, he's always going through it as the other thing. So it does... When we see him going through right. it, it don't seem like it's much worse than how he's been going through it for the last 15 years. So it's right. like, okay, yeah, it's the, it's a Tuesday for Remus. Exactly. And, but also, like, Remus, of all the people who should have had magic, Remus... Becomes a werewolf at what four? Four or five? Six? Something like that. Four or five. Like, talk about a reason to be like an obscurial, True. or to have all your magic mm-hmm. fucked up from yeah. right. But he gets it together. He's magical enough to go to Hogwarts and like excel in classes. So he is an ex- either an extremely like strong willed, strong minded individual. Or just some bullshit, right? And it's also fine <laughs> if he if in the if in the instance of Tonks and Remus, where that that Tonks is the one who has an issue, and in this situation, Tom Riddle obviously would not have an issue. Um, so he should have some kind of like. Well, no, I think he has some. No, I think damage. he does have that. I think there's like that kind of. But I'm saying like he's not magical, so we don't get an instance of him being like my magic yeah, doesn't. Not, it just is not. It doesn't work in that instance i guess but like there just should be yeah. some other situation then where a snape. snape right snape actually would be the perfect one um but we don't get that we get him just being salty as hell and hella toxic but that we don't get him we other than like potentially maybe his patronus changing um but i'm not sure if that's true or if i made that up um or if i read it in a fanfic like i, I feel like 
it's true just because of the memory. Yeah. The fact that he shows his control. And Dumbledore is surprised. Like, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It just, it just feels, it just doesn't, I don't, it doesn't sit right with me. It shouldn't. It's Texas as hell. I agree. I think, let's see. Those are the three instances, right? We see, like, Marope. Hawks. Hawks. Not even Snape. I mean, but Snape would be the other, would be the other, like. Other person. Equivalent. Um, would make sense. Even Sirius. Sirius I mean, is literally in mm-hmm. Azkaban forever. Because he thinks that he killed his, his, um, his best friends. Like, I'm pretty sure, yeah. like, he, or he knows that, like, Peter did it. Um, but he still thinks it's, it's his fault. In that situation, it would make sense for yeah. him to have issues with his magic. Like, it doesn't have to be romantic love. Right. Yeah. Aberforth, maybe? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Albus Dumbledore, even, goddammit. Like, I had an issue with my magic when I was a right. young lad. I had to get straightened right, out. Right, because it's not necessarily that it's like that forever. Where is Herbert? He has a job to do. <laughs> and this is why it's even more important to me. Like, this is why it's even more infuriating um, that there is no, like, social services or, like, there's no department of ch- children's welfare, magical like the heat there's not like a I don't know like intervention and I'm wondering too like where is the research going into these is that a department of mysteries thing that we just mm-hmm. don't hear about um you know because they like that might be like the mind the mind stone <laughs> um or the love room or whatever yeah. And they just, and they don't, just know don't know yet, or I Yeah, don't know. I, I mean it's possible that it's the love that it's the love room and they can't because they can't, you know, cuz it's so powerful. Which I understand, right? Like I think that that theme of like love being like this all-powerful thing that we don't understand. You know what I mean? Like I and like super important. Like I get that. It's just the ways that it manifests in this book in certain situations are sexist. When, I mean, well, maybe, now that I'm thinking about it, so when she, when Joe is writing this book and she's thinking a lot about or pulling a lot from her mother's mm-hmm. death, maybe she just felt like, because this is something that I deal with a lot with my mental health, is feeling, like, no matter what, like, whether it's true or not, because, like, you're, you know, like, depression lies mm-hmm. to you so fucking much. But I always felt like no one else is feeling this way or this isn't affecting other people the way it's affecting me. So I am mm-hmm. broken, like even more so, mm-hmm. right? And that could pos- very well not be true, right? Like other people could be feeling it just as much as I am, but I, it's, I'm also self-centered or I don't know what, but it just feels like I look at like we go through the same thing and I look at you and I'm like, Bayana's able to handle this, you know, but you just, it just presents yeah. differently for you, right? I mean, I internalize but a lot, it, so. <laughs> right. But, um. But yeah, no, I know what you mean. But you know what I mean? So maybe when she's writing it, and this is all conjecture because mm-hmm. I don't know her, um, 
it's because she feels like it's affecting her, but it's not affecting other people around her. And I don't know if she has brothers or something, yeah. but like maybe that's why it just feels like she thinks that women are more feeling. Right. Which is bullshit, but. But maybe in her personal experience, her perspective, that's what she's yeah. kind of been seeing. That's, that's possible. Yeah. I mean, I feel like, yeah, I feel like that could be said about plenty of people, especially because that tends to be like the stereotype as well. Um, so I don't feel like it came out of nowhere. I feel like it definitely came out of her experience and the things that she learned. And I don't know whether or not she feels that same way now. Um, but yeah. but in the, it's yeah. there in the book. Yeah. You know. Uh, okay. Uh, she wouldn't stay, even stay alive for her son. Uh, said, Harry, Dumbledore raised his eyebrows. Could you possibly be feeling sorry for Lord Voldemort? No, said Harry quickly. But she had a choice, didn't she? Not like my mother. Your mother had a choice too, said Dumbledore. Um, aha. <laughs> uh, uh-huh. Marope Riddle. Please don't call her Marope Riddle. That's gross. Marope that is really chose gross. death. I'm just, I, I, I never like peeped that. I really didn't until just now. I mean, technically, no, I really did not peep that 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 he said that in that moment. Is that has that always been that way? One moment, yeah. You gotta go to back. I'm reading the original. It says it right here. Okay, yeah. That's wild. Then my brain must have just my eyes must have skipped over that. That's gross. So Marope chose death in spite of a son who needed her, but do not judge her too harshly. She was greatly weakened by long suffering and never had your mother's courage. Judge her harshly. Yeah, she just... (laughs) She a rapist. That's like someone being like, let's not judge Hitler too harshly. Like... (laughs) There are a lot of people who've been through a lot... Lily! Lily's whole... Like, Lily's sister straight up just was like, nah, man, F you, F your family. And so she had to... Like, she didn't want to be estranged from her sister. Right? Her sister treated her like crap the way that Morphin treated Marope like crap. I mean, maybe her parents were loving, but whatever. Sirius. Sirius's whole family treated him like shit. He had to move in with James Mm -hmm. at 16. And Harry Potter was in a cupboard under the stairs. Harry Potter lived in a damn cupboard! Mm And the worst thing that he did was try too hard and be a really crappy dad, but he tried. <laughs> He's got like all been your cursed child feelings. Um, I did again because he tried, and then the whole fucking burning the the blanket like that was some bullshit. I am still he should have got nasty. <laughs> I'm just saying, like that was, it was a lot. Wow, you gave me like your your blanket like from the night that your parents died. That's great, Dad. You gave. James, the invisibility cloak. <laughs> and then talk. Are you the serious, shit. bro? Are you serious? This is the only thing that my parent I have from my mother. And you know what happened to my mother? It's common knowledge. It's in it's in the public. It's in your like, fucking textbooks. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um. So Lauren says that she thinks it's pronounced Maropi, like Hermione, which I've just pr- been pronouncing it Marope, but it could be Maropi. I don't really know. Either way, it's not cute, like, which is what Delia says. Yeah. So it said, it's not a great name. But also, she should have a fucked up name. She's a rapist. She is, indeed. 
Um, where are we going? Or uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Harry asks, where are we going? Dumbledore says, this time we're going to enter my memory. I think you will find it both rich in detail and satisfyingly accurate. And just the humble brag. Yes. He's the king. He's so good at it. Um, and it's about to oh, get even okay. better. So they get so so they get um they jump into the pensieve um and they see out they see a younger Albus whose long hair and beard were auburn. Having reached their side of the street, he strode off along the pavement, drawing many curious glances due to the flamboyantly cut suit of plum velvet that he was wearing. The flamboyantly cut suit of plum velvet. Flamboyant plum velvet. Plum. Ain't no three-piece nowhere. I don't see the word gray anywhere in this passage. I don't see... I don't no see no the brown little short. No, he had long hair and a beard. Auburn. It was, but long. It was long. Flamboyantly cut. Wood flamboyantly stop. cut suit. He had on a suit. It was flamboyantly cut though. It was a plum velvet though. Can we just talk about these looks? And I don't understand why they are not being respected. You know that Ooh, collar was like, thotting. Let's talk about like, the collar just, that you could have probably ate Like, come on, of. fam. Like, you know it was... You know he had bell-bottoms. Don't tell me he like, didn't have bell-bottoms. You know that shit flared beautifully I just, out of the I end. just have so many he questions about how this does not translate. I just came for the looks. That's why I came here for the, to the movies. <laughs> Do you want I me to tell you why? I can answer your question. For the flamboyantly cut plum velvet suit. That's what I wanted. Can I... Can I answer your question? It was rhetorical, but go ahead. I don't think it'll help. J.K. Rowling ain't read her books. J.K. Rowling like, has never met. Like I just, JK and you know Rowling. what it is? It's really funny because I keep thinking about, um, and I can't think of her name right now. Is it Ruth Carter? Okay, cool. Because I yes. was like, <laughs> don't know. But I'm thinking about Black Panther. I want to say Ruth and all the time. even a wrinkle in time. But thinking about Black Panther and like the. Just the detail and like the way, and obviously this is not exactly the same. Obviously, but just thinking about the like the way that you pull from um, different cultures and different like things to create these and time, time, time different time periods, all this stuff to pull together these um, outfits that look really authentic to this place, right? A big part of the Harry Potter world, and I mean this is even in like the original movies, although I think they did slightly better because. Literally, Newt uh, Scamander is dressed like Doctor Who. Um, like, it's just... So and I understood, like, why the Americans, when they were out with the Muggles, might not have been dressed that way because their whole thing. But I just feel like there's a this missed opportunity because it's a part of the whimsy of the world. Like, it's part of the reason why we love the world so much is because of how, like, weird and zany and, like, quirky it is. And you got Archie Ameslow walking around with no underwear on talking about, I like... a. <laughs> healthy wind around my privates thanks um like you just see it's 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 a part of the world and it's a part of the a big part point of um the world is that they don't dress like muggles because they can't keep up with that shit and they don't give a fuck and they're gonna wear what they want to wear and they wear robes and they're comfortable but like it and and there are so many ways where they could dress that up and make it look tight and make it look really like cute and weird and like Dumbledore could they be stunting on them even when he's in muggle clothes. It's in the text. It's but in also, the canon. I just want to 
<laughs> I also want to go back to the studio tour in London because we had the like audio things. And the woman who did the original movie said that once, like when Richard Harris was playing Dumbledore, she like his robes are more diluted. She had a more professorial thing. And then when Michael Gambone stepped into the role, she was like, he's more of a hippie Dumbledore. Like she tapped, you know, like Dumbledore contains mm-hmm. multitudes. We've talked about it. Different man looks, is, bro. He's a fashion icon. Like, right? But she was like, she was, there's, they have the light blue, like sky blue one that he mm-hmm. wears in the Goblet of Fire on display. And she says like, I felt like he was more of a hippie, more of a, um, a more kind of go with the flow. Like he's fiery, but he's also like his, his style is just younger and, you know, like, just more, uh, like she even like like a more like seventies Woodstocky kind of vibe. She doesn't say those exact mm-hmm. words. She's British and whatever things that she used, but she thought those things through. And whoever, like, I just feel like if you are the costume designer, like they wanted to make a nineteen twenties movie with 1920s fashion and I just feel like JK Rowling could have written that without putting the bringing the wizarding world into it. Right. Because what they wanted well, was like, like the cut suits and like with the flip Doctor jacket Hugh and like how they, they love the Victorian they, era. let's be real. Um <laughs> like it's just if you like that shit, fine. Do that. But if you're going to do the wizarding world where they are not walking around in flapper dresses. They don't even know what the fuck that... Okay, let me not say that. Archie is walking around in his flapper dress and he is loving it. But, like, generally, they are not in muggle clothes. And so maybe there is some, like, influence from the 20s. That's fine. I would probably do influence from, like, 30 years before because we know how they fall behind. But, like, have them walking around in some shit from the Victorian era in the middle of the 20s. And they'd be sitting there like, mm, okay, that's doing a lot. Wear your ankles. But, like, I just... I just don't... I, I don't know. And I'm I'm not a fashion designer. I'm not a costume designer. I just think that, like... Well, I do think so when you are a costume designer, because we we have, like, Ruth Carter, for example, who's killing the game. Um, is her name Patricia Fields? Or, no. I don't know. She does... The woman that did, like, all... She did Sex in the Cities and Devil Wears Prada. I think it's Patricia Fields. Like, they have all... They have we have all of these interviews and things about like the process that they go through, and they all talk about like the research right. that goes into it. And so I personally feel like, and this isn't just on the costume designer because this is also on J.K. Rowling. This is also on the director because like they put out these like things, and and then the powers that be decide which mm-hmm. ones they're going to go with. And I feel like they were very much like it's the twenties, like Nick, it's um, the fashion, it's wizarding 20s right. it's not but like i right but i also feel like you can read the script that's given to you but you the other research would be to go back and read the seven books and you know what's gonna get on my nerves in which you know that around this time voldemort is what like no he's 11 or, or he might be no he's 11 no he's 11 he's 11 he's 11 voldemort's 11 but like so that means that Grindelwald. So, like Dumbledore, dueled, I don't know, but like Grindelwald is not that far. Uh, why ago. is this the right? Yeah. So that's what. So that's what I'm looking up. Right. So, 
Dumble, this is the, um, sorry, I'm like looking it up and then they took me to the movie Wikipedia and that's not what I wanted. Nobody asked for that. that. Okay, yeah, so he's born in 26, which means he's 11, it's 30, it's 1937. So my thing is that, so the movie, so we know that um, the Fantastic Beasts movies are spanning from 26 maybe to 1945. Mm Mm-hmm. And I guarantee you we're going to get a baby Voldemort cameo, but that's besides the point. I just think that, like, this is... So, the next movie, I can't remember exactly when it is, but this is only 11 years after... Or, no. Sorry. Yeah, this is only 11 years... Or, we don't know when... I can't remember when Fantastic Beasts 2 is. One second. Um... But it's like 19, so it's 1926 Fantastic Beasts. It's, it's, it may be, no, but I don't think it's, 30, because it's, because it's five movies spanning, um, 20 years, 20 years, it, okay, it doesn't say, and I'm sure it's somewhere, but I'm not going to spend hell of time looking for it. We know it's between, but we can guess it's, it's either the late 20s, a little bit, or early 30s. Early 30s. This is happening, what we're about to read is in the late 30s. I like. I just feel like is Dumbledore gonna just? Flip? I just feel like book or number five is going to come out, and then five years book later, five, or movie five is going to come out, it. and it'll be set in nineteen forty five, and Dumbledore is gonna be in that three piece suit. And I'm not Where ready for it, and I'm not here for it. He's not gonna have a beard. He's gonna be looking like Jude Law, trying to be cute. And while I'm here for Jude Law as Dumbledore, I'm not here for him trying to be cute. That's not what we came for. We didn't come here for Dumbledore to be cute. We came here for him to be a fashion icon. To be out here in his plum velvet flamboyantly cut suit. And also, Doodledore would be cute rocking a flamboyant Let's cut talk plum about it. Suit. Okay? With okay. his auburn hair. Like hair dye don't exist, like wigs don't exist. I just, I, mm, okay. Let's move on. I just, I had... Jude Law is being cute, rocking a long ass dress, looking like the Pope. He can so, do it. Oh my gosh, he already is stunning. He can. What are y'all fashion. doing? Now I'm even more upset because I only considered watching the Young Pope, which I haven't, but I considered it because of his fashion. Because he was stunning right. on him. Could he you imagine? We were robbed. Somebody call the police. I mean, you know how I feel about the police, but, like, somebody call them. The fashion police, she means. She means someone call what's-her-face and, and her mama. Okay. I got that on my system. It might come back later when we review Fantastic Beasts. As it should. And the crimes it's of Grindelwald, but... Yeah, that's what it is. Talk about it. Um, so they follow Dumbledore, um, the... Or, I'm gonna just call him Yungledore, because that's what we're doing. Um, to a rather grim square building surrounded by high railings. Um, he mounted a few steps leading to the front door and knocked once. A scruffy girl wearing an apron answered, Good afternoon, I have an appointment with Mrs. Cole, who I believe is the matron here. So the girl calls Mrs. Cole and lets Dumbledore come in. I'm not going to do it. I was going to do it, but I'm going to forget because I'm reading (laughs) Dumbledore, so it's not going to, you know. Right. I gave up. I get it. Um, So... A woman, a harassed looking woman comes scurrying towards them and she's shouting orders at another aproned helper and take the iodine upstairs to Martha. Billy Stubbs has been picking his scabs and Eric Wally's oozing all over his sheets. 
chicken pox on top of everything else. So basically, there's, you know, as with orphanages and schools in any place with lots of children, there's a lot going on. And it's yep. gross and sticky. Um, why are, wait, why are children sticky? Has anyone figured out that mystery? I don't, I don't know. I think it's just because they touch stuff. Yeah, they are. They are sticky. Ugh. I mean, I should just be like waking up and we clean her and then a minute later she got shit all over her face. How? Because she likes Ma'am. to have mustaches. <laughs> she does like to have mustaches. And they don't even look like mustaches. It's just like she got stuff on the corner of her mouth but she calls it a mustache. <laughs> so, good afternoon, said Dumbledore. Mrs. Cole simply gaped. My name is Albus Dumbledore. I sent you a letter requesting an appointment and you very kindly invited me here today. Uh, Mrs. Cole blinked and then deciding that Dumbledore was not a hallucination said, oh yes, well, well then, you'd better come into my room. Yes. So she leads Dumbledore into um, a small room that seemed part sitting room, part office. I'm here, as I told you in my letter to discuss Tom Riddle and his arrangements for his future. So teachers must split up the muggle-born or slash-raised student, like, going to talk to them. Um, And I wonder, one, how they split that up. I wonder, two, why the ministry wouldn't have, like, why it would be the school and not the actual government, given that you're, like, assimilating these children into the world as a whole and not just, like, taking them to school. Um, Also, can you imagine Snape going and telling somebody that they're a wizard? (laughs) Like I just feel like they at some point, but then I, but then I think the ring is they're giving out like they're giving up the assignment. And Snape's like I I didn't get one, and, and Dumbledore's like correct. <laughs> Go make some potions. <laughs> You're not allowed. Which is also like if you like. Okay, never mind. You shouldn't be around no. children. No, not at all. Are you family? Asked Mrs. Cole. No, I am a teacher. Said Dumbledore. I've come to offer Tom a place at my school. Um, so this is when he's transfiguration professor, just, you know, timeline-wise. I'm also really mad that Voldemort's name is Tom. Oh, gotcha. True. That is true. I didn't think about that. My dad's name is but. Thomas. Or Tommy, if you're feeling entwined. <laughs> Too it's close for my comfort. I've never called him Thomas. You call him yeah. what you call Uncle Tommy, right? My other cousin calls him Uncle Tom, and we have all oh, said shit. like a thousand times, can you not call him that? <laughs> She's like she can't. She would call him that. So when she was two, when she was really little, like you, you just let her do it because she don't know. But now she's thirty-seven, right. and just like Miranda, you gotta, you can't be yelling down the street, Uncle Tom. My, yeah, my black father. Terrible, terrible, terrible <laughs> idea. Um, really quickly, Lauren said, back to Snape telling children that they're that they're wizards. Um. I am told you are a wizard. I am unconvinced. Do something magical. Time's up. No Hogwarts for you. Nobody <laughs> write that fanfic. Um, which is like a complete violation of statute of secrecy, but still hilarious. Called, so the school is called Hog- Hogwarts. We believe Tom has the qualities we're looking for. Um, you mean he's won a scholarship? How can he have done? He's never been entered for one. Well, his name has been down for our school since birth. Who registered him? His parents? Um, so just, again, uh, the Book of Acceptance and the Quill of something. You can look it up on Pottermore. It's, like, the way that they that. determine or find out about magical kids. So, like, the minute they do something magical, then the book finds out and writes right. it, and only the headmasters are able to go into this room and read the names of the people. 
also I was just thinking about how Albus totally lies. I get it, it's a lie that because it's easier than explaining this to a muggle and also that Dr. Mm-hmm. Secrecy or whatever. But his name has not been down since birth. He didn't come out the word right. magical. Just since in the last some time in the last eleven it, years. That's the first time he tortured a child or a cat. Yeah. I like that I would think that like so you know like the Book of Acceptance reminds me a lot of, like, Santa Claus's Naughty or Nice list. And you have, like, checks on your... The way that my parents explain it to me, since I believed in Santa Claus for far too long. Um, but... And I still get presents from Santa Claus. <laughs> um, that there's... Your name is in a book, and throughout the year, there's check marks for good for naughty and nice things. Mm-hmm. Um... I feel like the book of acceptance and the quill of whatever should also like put an asterisk when the like magical thing that they is some do crazy sadistic is thing, some crazy sadistic yeah. shit. Like watch out, <laughs> like written in red ink or some shit. Beware, right? Psychopath. <laughs> yeah, it has to be something. It was no doubt that Miss that Mrs. Cole was an inconveniently sharp woman. Apparently, Dumbledore saw, thought this too, um, because he s- slipped his wand out of his pocket and at the same time picked up a piece of perfectly blank paper from Mrs. Cole's desktop. Here, he said, waving his wand once as he passed through a piece of paper, I think this will make everything clear. Mrs. Cole's eyes slid out of focus and back again as she gazed intently at the blank paper for a moment. So he confronted her. And I... You know, thank God Imani's not in the chat because I just don't have the time for the all caps at this particular moment, but I'm sure we'll get them when this goes out. That should not be okay. <laughs> it's, it's just never not, okay. like, it's not a thing that you do. But this is the problem with them not learning how to deal with muggles is that they can't lie. It's that and then it's also, like, it's it's a, that's because my thing is, is like, how is this allowed? But I know it is, right? Like, so it's a, it's an issue for mm-hmm. Dumbledore to resort to that first. But it's also an issue that the ministry would not care because they will obliviate people all willy-nilly and all of a sudden they got, oh, shit. <laughs> Amani just popped up. There he is. <laughs> Wasn't here the Don't whole time. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> My, I jumped like I was startled. <laughs> I it feel like he has like a sensor or something and it's just like Dumbledore trash talk needed. <laughs> I was not ready. And then Amani I was like, that's literally the like first the time he said anything. Man. And he says, how many times do I have to tell Busting you in. how trash this man is? I Yes, but also, again, and I like to... But he's also wearing a flamboyant plum velvet suit. Plum velvet suit, Amani. Talk about, you, were, you were silent when he we were talking have, about the fashion. Now you want to come through. <laughs> he may have confronted this woman, but he confronted her while wearing a flamboyantly cut plum velvet suit. Excuse us for, you know. Being distracted. Um, But yeah, so like, I mean, and I do, again, it is Dumbledore's fault that he immediately goes to this, but because I like to look at systems, it's also a societal issue that that would be the first thing that he thinks to do and that it would be okay. It's okay. Because no one's going to pop in and be like, you just performed magic on a muggle. They're going to be like, oh, you can find her so we can take this kid to Hogwarts. Cool. Thanks. Right. <laughs> when we talk about like the systems and also like how the statute of secrecy 
is a problem that like maintains oppression and and discontent and allows for people like Voldemort to be created. It also just logistically doesn't make sense. Like if your whole reason for being is to keep yourself secret from this other group, Mm -hmm. right? If your whole society rests on being secret from this other group, I feel like it would behoove you to understand that group in which you're trying to keep yourself secret from. So why don't they understand? Like very easily, the lie could have been, yes, in, um, we recently found um, documents regarding his birth um, and his birth mother. And there is a trust in which that states that he has an automatic paid acceptance to this boarding school. And we've tracked him down. Like they did it in Jane Eyre. It's not that hard. It's really not that hard. It's not. Amani points out in all caps um, that Dumbledore confunded her so he could teach wizard Hitler magic. But he did it in a flamboyantly cut plump suit and he's still not um, acknowledging that. With auburn hair and an auburn beard. Auburn and purple together? He is... <sighs> okay. I just, he's trash, but he is fashionable trash. (laughs) (laughs) And we've talked about the levels of trash. There are levels. He's trash, but he's not Snape level trash. And if Snape had done the things that he had done in a flamboyantly cut plum velvet suit and washed his hair a little bit, he might could get like a pass or two. Uh, you know, just like we would just try to understand a more. Bit. We would still call him out on his bullshit, but we would just but like, But he also you know, did it in this suit. That's all. Give the man his props. But also point out when he's trash because he is like, this is garbage. It is. He just happens to be doing it in a bespoke you suit. You may not like him, Amani, but you gotta admit, Dumbledore's got Style. It works every time. So that seems perfectly in order, she said placidly. Um, and then says, May, oh, then her eyes fall upon a, a bottle of gin and two glasses that had certainly not been present a few seconds before. May I offer you a glass of gin? She, uh, she said. Thank you very much, said Dumbledore. It soon became clear that Mrs. Cole was no novice when it came to gin drinking, but that's because she is dealing with children and she needed, she needs the alcohol. Like, that's the way that she unwinds after dealing with chicken pox is that she drinks. So now she's drunk and confunded, which that's it has to. There's like no way that, it, that she's not, that she's okay <laughs> or like in the same way that she was and before you know Dumbledore got there. Like, Dumbledore's not practicing. We don't Dumbledore's not practicing. He's practicing. He thought he was practicing Kuhn, but he was when we first started, but now he's not. Because he's not leaving things the way that he left them better. Or when he got to it, he's not leaving it better when he leaves. But I also want to feel like, I feel like, I'm, yes. Because there's no way that after he leaves, someone doesn't come in, see this confused drunk woman, and is like, you still have a job. Well, she's the head person. So I don't know. I don't know how orphanages work in the 30s. But she's not the head head person. Yeah, I don't. I well then, 
I don't know. I just feel like if she's permanently damaged and she's the head of this orphanage and then stuff starts to fall apart, then that orphanage is going to get shut sure. down. I don't think confronting someone is a, well, well, we don't know how strong it is. Because we see when Hermione does right. it that it has some lasting effects, but it doesn't last much longer than that day. Or like, you know what I mean? Right. So like, I don't, but I also. But also how many times have you been confronted? How many muggle children have been exactly, ended up in this orphanage? Exactly. They need to have, like, records of muggles that they've interacted with. And, like, when... You know what I mean? And to be like, okay, this one has been obliviated seven times. Maybe let's leave them alone. Or just, like, find a really good liar. Like, you know? Even though, even still with Arthur's, like, love of muggles... It's a little weird. Can't pull off a decent lie. Like, you love muggles so much, just go to the... (laughs) chip shop and sit people watch people watch Mm -hmm. you'll learn a lot Mm -hmm. what do i know i don't know um so i was wondering whether you could tell me anything of tom riddle's history i think he was born here in the orphanage um mrs skull says it was new year's eve a bitter even um and bitter cold and snowing um a girl not much older than she was at the time came staggering up the front steps um she had a baby within the hour and she was dead in another hour. Um, she said something about, she said, I hope he looks like his papa. And I won't lie. She was right about, she was right to hope it because she was no beauty. And then she told me that he would, was to be named Tom for his father and Marvolo for her father. Yes, I know. Funny name, isn't it? We wondered where she, whether she'd come from a circus. And she said the boy's, uh, the boy's surname would be Riddle. And she died soon after without another word. Um, we named him. But no Tom, nor Marvolo, nor any kind of riddle ever came looking for him, nor any family at all. So he stayed in the orphanage, and he's been there ever since. Um, it's a very sad story, but also, like, like we said, like, a lot of people have sad stories. They don't become real. Or wizard Hitlers. Mass murderers. He's a funny boy, she said. Yes, said Dumbledore. I thought he might be. Yeah, Dumbledore, not in the way that you think. <laughs> He thought he thought so, and then you thought he was funny the way that Harry Potter is funny. Yeah, not all was going on here. And I, what you nah, thought it was going to be he funny. You thought it was one way, but it was the other way. Um, he was a funny baby too. He hardly ever cried, and then when he got older, he was odd. Um, so Mrs. Cole hesitates when because Dumbledore's like how, um, and she hesitates and she's like, "Is he's definitely got a place at your school?" And nothing I can say can change that. You'll be taking him <laughs> away, whatever. And Dumbledore's like, yep. Um, so then she says, he scares the other children. So again, didn't mean odd as in he does magic. Meant odd as in he's a psychopath. So maybe just watch out a little bit. Be cool. Um, nah, we're just, you know, drop him off at Hogwarts Express and let nature take it you mean he's a bully asked Dumbledore I think he must be said Mrs. Cole but it's very hard to catch him at it there have been incidents nasty things Billy Stubbs nasty yeah Billy Stubbs rabbit well Tom said he didn't do it and I don't see how he could have done but even so it didn't hang itself from the rafters did it but I'm jiggered if I know how he got it up how he got up there to do it all I know is he and Billy had argued the day before um and then on the summer outing we take them out you know once a year to the crunchy side or to the seaside well amy benson and dennis bishop were never quite right afterwards and all we ever got out of them was that they had gone into a cave Uh uh-huh um with tom riddle Uh 
He swore they'd just gone exploring, but something happened in there, I'm sure of it. And, well, there have been a lot of things, funny things. Um, I don't think many people will be sorry to see the back of him. So can we just talk about it again? Harry Potter grew up in a cupboard, bullied by his cousin, had nowhere to really run to Mm -hmm. during the bullying. Never once, not once, hung Dudley's rabbit. I mean, I don't know if Dudley had a rabbit. He had a pet once and he sat Mm -hmm. on it or something like that. I don't know. Didn't burn Dudley. Didn't take him into a cave and do God knows what. (laughs) Yeah. He, uh, that's not a dirty But who knows? But, like, actually, who, like, even Portia says, like, what did he do? Right. We don't know. We don't know. Um, what Harry Potter did was when Dudley made him mad, he jumped and ended up on the roof to hide. When his hair got cut too short and he thought he was going to be embarrassed, his hair grew back. He did set a... Like, he, he protected he, yeah. himself. The snake thing happened, but that was also not intentional, and... And Voldemort's fault! Yes. In some ways. No, because I think he made the... He made the, um... The glass vanish. Well, yeah, he made the glass, but he didn't want to, the snake... He and the snake, the snake didn't actually free. attack Dudley. So. No. Dudley was just yeah. doing the most. Um... He actually did a good mm-hmm. thing there. Um, Portia, he was like, let my people go. <laughs> Portia asked when, uh, when Tom created the Inferi, but that couldn't have been till later. Cause that's a super, that's super advanced. And he is not at this point. Like he barely knows. He probably just, I don't know. He probably did some terrible shit, but like, I don't think it was enough to create zombies. I think maybe he talked to some snakes. Yeah, Maybe. Maybe he set set some snakes on him. They were never... He did some weird psychological shit, too. Like, I don't... mm, No. So, I don't know if I told this before, but um, at my first LeakyCon, Mark Oshiro, friend of the podcast, did a a panel, Queer Eye for the Mm -hmm. Magi. um, And it devolved... Not devolved, because it it devolved seems negative, and it was a beautiful thing. Um... (laughs) People start talking about like some of the crazier like slash headcanons or slash fanfic that they've read. And one of the things was about Tom seducing Slughorn. Mm-hmm. Um, which we talked about that because that was when we were talking about al- Snary. Yeah. And but also think about um, it reminded me too of the Fantastic Beasts. Oh, um, Credence and. What's and name? Colin yeah. Farrell. <laughs> yes. And Colin Farrell. We could have Colin Farrell. Mm-hmm. By the way, I just don't. Also in a it. bespoke wizarding um, suit. And not a three piece one. He could have rocked. But I do think that at this point, Tom, because we'll, we're about to see it too with his interactions at Dumbledore, realizes his like charm or. Ability to mm-hmm. manipulate. So I wouldn't be surprised if the, his first foray with manipulation was more sexual and mm-hmm. gross. I don't know why I feel so... I mean, I know why I feel so bad saying that, but... 
it, it, it also feels right because it just feels like kids at that age, like, are already kind of, you know, like, you'll, you've ever, like, heard about stories where, like, kids are, like, pulling out their private parts and mm-hmm. showing them to each other and, like, they don't understand that that is mm-hmm. not okay, you know, but, yeah, I feel like. I wouldn't be yeah, surprised. It's not, yeah, it's really not clear. He could have also, like, killed something in front of him. Or, I mean, I don't know. Or There are a lot of things, and we should probably move on. Um, there are a lot, yeah. yeah. Let us know what you went think. Down. Went Tom down did. in the cave. What, let us, what you think went down in the, in the cave. No. Not in the DMs. In the cave. Yeah. Um... Mm. Okay, so Dumbledore says, you understand that we will not be keeping him permanently. He will have to return here at very least every summer. Which, again, this is not a Hogwarts thing. It's a ministry thing. They First of all, they don't have magical orphanages. And, like, I could understand why maybe you keep those people in their muggle homes in orphanages, like, or just their muggle homes, like, until they get to Hogwarts. Once they know they're... Like, we'll, we'll see later on when you see Tom asking um, Professor Dippet if he can stay at Hogwarts for the summer. And Professor Dippet's like, nah, fam, you can't. Like, I just, it just seems like such a failure. And obviously there are like a thousand ways that the ministry fails children, pretty much everyone in their constituency and outside of it. They are terrible and they have no type of, they are awful and they don't know what the fuck they're doing. But just like it feels like there should be some way where especially kids who don't have somewhere to go or where they have an abusive home like they should be able to go to some other kind of magical thing for the summer where they are cared for don't have to be worried about violating the statute of secrecy or hiding their shit and just live their life until they have to go back to school like i just don't understand why he would have to go back to this orphanage after learning this thing about himself and I also feel like it would be very, it's a, it's another, like, in a weird way, think, thinking about coming out, um, like, LGBTQ mm-hmm. type of way, like, forcing, once you've come out, forcing yourself back into the closet, which would make sense on, uh, like, a, someone like Hermione or Dean, right? Like, you have a family and you need to go back, you know what I mean? And, like, but you don't send people back to as like wards of the state. Right. Like, like obviously that's what I'm saying. Like, obviously also, like I Hermione like, should go the fuck home. Right. Which she, and doesn't, she doesn't do, do that. But like, they don't have, and like Harry at least has the, like he has to go home for specific reasons. Um, and he's like a special case, I'll but he does home. end up at the borough. Right. Like he does have people who he can go see, but not everyone has that. Um, and Imani points out how yeah. lit would Wizarding Summer Camp be. It would be like Camp Rock, except for wizards. And I feel like that would be awesome. Oh, somebody write that fan. Just for all the muggle-born wizards. And, like, if if the ones who aren't muggle-born want to come to, sure. But the muggle-born wizards live there for the summer. And the other wizarding kids can come and go, depending on whatever their little, like, you know, because they have different courses. Right, because, you know, their parents all of a sudden got kids and you're Weasley. Right, you just send, send like, five of them away. They They can do day camp and everybody else spends the night. But it, like, gives them somewhere to be where they're not being, like, hopefully abused or having to hide a part of themselves. Especially if they're 
in an orphanage or in a place where, you know what I mean? Or like in foster care, especially if they don't have like the care that they should be getting. And then you are in, I just, it just, yeah, it's frustrating. The ministry doesn't have that. It's also really weird too, to think about, like, I, we don't get this in here, but, um, He's in the or we do know he's in he's at the orphanage his entire life. So there is no one like wanting to adopt him mm-hmm. or foster care or Which, whatever. Granted. Partially because he's a he's a <laughs> yeah. I'm saying, you know, you know he's a psychopath. Um but also like I'm one I even wonder like after maybe thirteen years old, did he even go back to the orphanage or did he just the right, and, like, and that's not you know safe. I mean? like, and then also, like for him or for anyone, um, I know definitely by sixteen he's walking. By sixteen, he's definitely not going back. He's just walking around killing people. Um, Kill killed at least four people. Um, and like <laughs> I just, yeah, I don't know. I feel like and, I, and the other the other thing too could be that this is what happened with Voldemort, and this is the thirties. And then they got some resources and they realized this shit don't work, especially once orphanages stop being a thing. Um, maybe, you know, it could be something they don't have at this point, but then have by the time Harry gets into the world. Like, they, you know, policies, you know, they change and they pop up at different points. So it doesn't have to be that way all the time. But by this point, it should be the case. Um, and they just need to do better. But at this point, too, in the 30s, the Ministry for Magic has been around since the 1600s, has, at least. I'm pretty sure. And but should also just be it should it just makes a lot of like logical and logistical sense when you're trying to you know when your whole thing is the Statue of Secrets. Hello. Like it's not like this like amazing leap that someone like gets a Nobel Prize for thinking of. It's like a oh no like, dumb. I just. They're just so incompetent. It's wild. So incompetent. Um, okay, so this chapter is not that long, but we just have a lot of thoughts, man. Um <laughs> so I mean when you're walking around in a fashionably cut plum velvet suit, you know it's not gonna no, be a short episode. You already know. Already knowing. Um, so I suppose you'd like to see him, Mrs. Cole asks. She leads Dumbledore out of the office, calling instructions and and admonitions to helpers and children as she passed. Um, the orphans were all wearing the same kind of grayish tunic. They looked reasonably well well cared for, but there was no denying that this was a grim place in which to grow up. So she's just, she's really just dressed. That's why she had, she, you know, Dumbledore gave gave her some gin. She was like, (laughs) thanks fam. I will partake. She needed to blow off some steam. I- I also would like to say that Harry Potter is like, you know, they look good. They look better than I did. Okay. It's, it's grim, but they fed. I don't see him scrubbing no nope. flows. I don't in see a, them in a cupboard. Living nope. in a closet. Um, so they go up to see Tom. Um, Tom, you've got a, you've and got a visitor. Harry does not become a wizard a Hitler. Sorry. <laughs> Tom, you've got a visitor. This is Mr. Dumberton, sorry, Dunderbore. He's come to tell you. Well, I'll let him do it. There was no trace of the gaunt in Tom Riddle's face. Um, he was as handsome as his father in... He was his handsome father in miniature, tall for 11 years old, dark-haired, and pale. Um, how do you do, Tom, said Dumbledore. Um, Never forget, though, that young Voldemort. Not 11-year-old Voldemort, but, like, 16-year-old Voldemort. Oh, my. 
had he not been a wizard. <laughs> like maybe if he would have just, you know, taken notice of. Other oh wait, children, which like, which uh, which sixteen year old Voldemort are you talking about? In the books or just like the actors? Well, the actors for which sure. one? Because there was two. There's one for Chamber of Secrets, and then there's one for Half the Prince. About the same no, they one? had to change it because by the time Half the Prince came around, Homeboy was old as hell. Okay, he wasn't that old, but you know what I mean. He couldn't have passed for 16. I don't remember Half-Blood Prince. Okay, so cool. Because I was like, he definitely don't look the same. Okay. Okay, so you're talking so, about... You're talking about... Secrets. But I'm, I'm also talking about actual Voldemort. Yeah, nah, he was cute. He was cute. He was just, just scary as fuck. <laughs> so didn't know. And if, had he not, like, grown up where... I, I don't... I mean, no, there's no helping it because he was born... His mama was a rapist. There's no helping. <laughs> um, I'm Professor Dumbledore. Professor, is that like doctor? What are you here for? Did she get you to have a look at me? No, no, said Dumbledore. I don't believe you, said Riddle. She wants me looked at, doesn't she? Tell the truth. Oh, now I thought about Will Smith. <laughs> Didn't think about it until I said it out loud. Um, Did it for He you. spoke the last three words with a ringing force that was almost shocking. It was a command. It sounded as though he had given it many times before. Um, Who are you? I've told you my name is Professor Dumbledore. I work at a school called Hogwarts. I've come to offer you a place at my school, your new school, if you would like to come. You can't kid me. The asylum, that's where you're from, isn't it? Professor, yes, of course. Well, I'm not going, see? The old, that old cat's the only, sorry, the one who should be in the asylum. I never did anything to little Amy Benson or Dennis Bishop. You can ask them, they'll tell you. I'm not from the asylum, said Dumbledore. I'm a teacher, and if you will sit down calmly, I shall tell you about Hogwarts. Of course, it would. if you would rather not come to the school, nobody will force you. I'd like to see them try, sneered Riddle. Like, he's just on 10 already. And I... Also, though, I just... I love when he's like, I never did anything. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Old fat cat and the, and the, and the sicko men, see? Tell me what you, tell me what you hear for, see? Sorry. Um, That's what I hear. Yes. Um, uh, Hogwarts is a school for people with special abilities. I'm not mad. I know you're not mad. Hogwarts is not a school for mad people. It is a school for magic. Um, um, mm, both and? You know. You know uh, um, magic, he whispered. That's right, said Dumbledore. It's it's magic what I can do. What is it that you can do? All sorts, breathe Riddle. I mean, Dumbledore is on his very best teacher behavior right now. He's using his, his little teacher voice and Tom Riddle is about to say some wild shit. I can make things move without touching them. I can make animals do what I want them to without training them. I can make bad things happen to people who annoy me. I can make them hurt if I want to. Jesus fucking Christ. That is also not a magical thing. Like, Anyone could do that. Most people don't do that because, you know, the fuck? <laughs> no. Human emotion. You know? Yeah, we don't. That's not. That has nothing to do with the magic. Um, I knew I was different, he whispered. I knew I was special. Always. I knew there was something. Well, you're quite right, said Dumbledore. You are a wizard. You are This fun. is not. It's so interesting, too. Wow. Okay. So it's really interesting to see the differences between the way that Voldemort, and I think actually 
Harry thinks it later on in the chapter, the way that Voldemort reacts to being told he's a wizard and the way that Harry reacted. Um, Harry... Because Harry was like, nah, man, can't that ain't it. Um, and Tom is like, <laughs> I knew it! <laughs> so his face was transfigured. There was, some wild, there was a wild happiness upon it, yet for some reason it did not make him look better looking. On the contrary, his finely carved features seemed somehow rougher, his, his expression almost bestial. So... Yeah, we've Again. talked about the, like, conflation of looks and um, morals or personality. Um, and it gets kind of diff... I mean, it doesn't... It gets cut more, a little bit more complicated with Voldemort. Like, often it's like, Crab looks like a troll and he acts like one. And Millicent Bulstrode looks like... I think she was the one who was hag a hag or something. She was just like, and and she acts like, you know what I mean? Like, it's, so it's very much like, it's very one-to-one, but it's still a problem. Whereas, like, with Voldemort, it's like, he used to be cute, except when he was happy um, or when he was doing some wild shit, then he looked like an animal. Um, and then he starts splitting his soul, and now he looks like a snake. And it's like, so as he progressively gets more and more evil, he starts to look worse and worse. Which is a problem and doesn't really make a lot of sense. But I mean, of course, unless you're racist, then you age like a prune. I mean, it kind of does, though. Have you mm-hmm. seen people that do meth? Like meth faces. But that's not the, the evil. Who do meth or I was, yeah, evil. that's why I was saying I think the only not- other kind of uh, track would be racist people. Yeah, racist people do they, look bad. They do not age well. Racism is not good for the it's skin. Not, it's really not. Just. You know, it doesn't do like the moisturizing something, just something else needs yeah. to happen. That is true. Um, Portia says that studies have shown that people considered very attractive get away with more things like Prison Bay, which, yeah, but like I. Did Prison Bay get away with more things, though? Because he did. He was in prison. I guess he got, got out and got a model yeah. contract. And now he dates. Somebody. He's not in prison? I thought he killed someone. I don't think he killed... I don't know what he did, actually. I can't remember. He's no longer in prison. Oh. He's definitely out of prison. I thought he went back to nah, prison. he's on the runways. He's on the runways? On, yeah, he is a model. He's a working model. Yeah. Wow. Um, but, yeah, so I just... Though I do believe in reform. <sighs> well, yeah, like, who... Yeah, I don't really know his life, to be honest. I haven't really followed up with it. Um... But yeah, yeah, again, just like conflating the morals with the way that you look is a thing. And it pops up with Voldemort often because every time we see him post-Hogwarts, it's like he looks worse and worse <laughs> every time. And yeah. you're just like, hmm, okay. But I do want to like go back to the, I can like, I can do mm-hmm. these things and like the glee in which he says that. It's very, to me, like, Voldemort, or Voldemort, sorry, Dumbledore says, like, you can, we can guarantee that these are accurate because they're my memories, but to me, it's, it, it very much seems like these are memories, and so that is much more heightened, mm. because I would like to believe that if Tom Riddle actually said this shit, that Dumbledore would have been like, Okay, Sam. No, I think he actually said this shit. And I think, like, we'll see that Dumbledore does kind of think I should keep an eye on him. But not like we should probably not have him around children. 
which is like two different right. things. Well, I, I, and I, I agree with the sentiment of like, I, like I just said, I believe mm-hmm. in reform and like, and the I also idea think, of, again, like, I think for in- Dumbledore, sorry, just interrupted you. Dude is 11. Right. And that's yeah. what I'm saying. Like, I don't think that it's like, we shouldn't have him around children, but I feel like that should be like a permanent record thing. Yeah. And also, uh, let's get this kid to St. Mungo's thing. Just like get checked out. And talk to, like, because he says like, are you from the mm-hmm. asylum? Which is like, fucked up that they had asylums back then. But also like, now we don't have asylums now and we just send people mm-hmm. to prison. There's a middle ground somewhere. I'm just saying. But like, he, it should have been on his file or something that he also, in addition to attending Hogwarts, needed to attend mental health mm-hmm. classes. Like, treatment. Or even just, like, socialization class, Like, some, but, you know, they don't do that. Right. With the wizards. Um, but, like, something to help him, like, deal with this urge of, like, that's how he interacts with people. Is, like, I can right. make them hurt. Which is, like, mm, please calm down. And it reminds me a lot of, so I, there's this like, I don't know what it was, like a documentary or a long form thing. Sometimes, you know, you read something or you get, you, you hear, I don't know. I don't know where I, this came from, but I was reading slash watching, probably knowing me, I was watching something, maybe listening, maybe it was NPR, something about separation syndrome. It's not separation anxiety, but it's something akin mm-hmm. to that with a lot of the kids that were adopted from russia because they get pulled from their mother too quickly mm. like they're 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 just and they're not like the the state of orphanages and things like that where they're not held i don't know what the term is and this is like something that p- they're fearing about like the kids being taken from their parents now mm-hmm. if they stay away from their parents too long is that you stop being able to make connections but you also push people away because you're expecting them or you push their buttons to push them like so far to see how long until they leave Mm -hmm. you because you don't trust that they'll be around Mm -hmm. right so it's like kids do this to varying degrees like healthy kids do this at a certain point where they act out they have a temper tantrum whatever and then but you keep coming back and then they feel secure in the fact that like even if i'm bad someone's still gonna be Mm -hmm. here like you're gonna come my parents are gonna come back someone's going to come back and take care of me so it's like I and again it's 1937 or something so they may not I don't know when all of this stuff is found out or whatever but even if he says these things at this point at 11 it's late but there's still things that they could have done I mean not for Voldemort because again he was born the way that he was conceived. Right. Messed him up. But though I like to think that like, even if he was magically conceived in a messed up way, there's like a magical way to healing. Con- right. And I think that that's one of the things you about know? it canonically being that because he was born of a love potion, he doesn't know love. Like, I think there are other ways to get love. Right. Like a mother's love is very important, but there are a lot of people who unfortunately do not have that. And, end up finding love in other ways and that doesn't necessarily mean that it's easy for them to find it that way and that there are not other things that happen in those situations but it's not like they've all become Hitler right so yeah because also if that was the case there would just be so many Voldemort so very many because as effed up as Marope is and 
she is a rapist never forget like i just don't think that that is as uncommon i don't think it's common but i don't think this i mean romilda running out here like right romilda definitely she said let's make another baby tom riddle i'm ready but also what's her face from that thing we don't talk about but happened was born out of a twisted fucking love (laughs) but it was it was one-sided oh my and it didn't biologically physiologically make any damn sense but there was some feeling there and she still turned out flapping her wings <laughs> that's not how flying works <laughs> why was she flapping okay, let's stop let's stop because <laughs> sorry you said it and then i remember i like i got the visual in my head <laughs> Why? Oh my god! I remember just like yelling at you too in the theater. Why is she flapping her arms? Not how flying it's works. Feathers. I'm like, are feathers. you in Vegas or no? Okay, you just you just went to the to uh, okay. Michaels. You just took a real <laughs> like you just went, method. You went to Michaels and glued awesome. feathers to your to your cloak. Okay, cool. <laughs> Oh God! Um, are you a wizard too? Yes, I am. Prove it," said Riddle. "Tell the truth. Prove it." And then Dumbledore's anger translator came out and said, "Boy, I wish you motherfucking would test me, <laughs> telling me to prove it. I'm a goddamn adult. You prove mm-hmm. it. I'm gonna leave your sorry back talking ass here." Um. So Dumbledore says, "If you're t- accepting your place in Hogwarts, of course I am. Then you will address me as professor or sir." Um, no need to call Riddle's expression hardened for the most for the most fleeting moment before he said in an unrecognizably polite voice, "I'm sorry, sir. I meant, please, professor. Could you show me? Like this kid is terrifying. He's very yeah. He's just he's very scary." Harry was sure Dumbledore would refuse, but Dumbledore drew his wand from the inside of his pocket. Um, pointed it at the shabby wardrobe in the corner and gave his wand a casual flick. The wand, the wardrobe burst into flames. Um, Riddle jumped to his feet, upset, but then Dumbledore, um, by the time he rounded on Dumbledore, the flames vanished, leaving the wardrobe completely undamaged. Um, also, why did Dumbledore have to do a, like, violent-ass spell like that with this kid who is obviously not okay? Get his attention, fam. Let him know who's the real boss out here. Bum Velvet Sue gang. Or just tell baby Voldemort I could that's the thing that I'm about to be able to do. True. Fuck yeah, I'm about to fuck. I'm about to burn this shit to the ground. <laughs> that is true. Um He came in first day of class talking about, okay, n- enough of this uh when Guardian Leviosa shit. When do I get to burn? I'm gonna burn the it dude all. The dude that picked me up, the dude that picked me up, burns the shit to the ground. <laughs> I need that spell. And Flitwick's just looking at him like, uh, we all have to go <laughs> I mean, I don't even know if Flitwick is teaching at this point. Whoever the charms professor is was like, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna be over here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so where can I get one of them? Riddle uh, said, staring at Dumbledore's wand. All in good times at Dumbledore. I think there is something trying to get out of your wardrobe. 
Um, Riddle goes over to it and pulls out a small cardboard box that's shaking and rattling as though there were several frantic mice trapped inside. Take it out, said Dumbledore. Is there anything in that box that you ought not to have? Yes, I suppose so, sir, uh, said Riddle. Open it. Harry saw um, a mess of small everyday objects, a yo-yo, a silver, a silver thimble, and a tarnished mouth organ among them. So he likes to collect things. A what? A mouth organ, so a harmonica, I think. Oh, yeah. a harmonica. Um, yeah, so... I needed you to do that. <laughs> I always talk with my hands, and so sometimes I don't know what I'm... Like, I can't think of the word, and yeah. I just, like, make this thing, and I'm like, I hope someone... It helped me, because when I read it because I still haven't found my notation mm-hmm. book. I was like, what is that? <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, so yeah, Voldemort is a, is a baby serial killer and that's just what, let's just call a thing a thing. And it's creepy. And he just, you know who Voldemort needs to talk to? Nope. To call that a seems a like thing? a terrible, terrible idea. It really does. Sounds like the worst idea. Even I wouldn't do that to humanity. A motherless and fatherless child? Jesus. Could you imagine him? The pathology. Could you imagine her coddling Voldemort? Do you know how much bad juju she would have to whoosh off his back? (laughs) That would be the whole hour. (laughs) And she'd still be there whooshing. Mm Yeah, it's a bad oh, idea. The swaddle would be so huge. Um, <laughs> you will return them to their owners with your apologies. I shall know when it whether had it, I shall know whether it has been done and be warned. Thieving is not tolerated at Hogwarts. Riddle did not look remotely abashed. Yes, sir. At Hogwarts, we teach you not only to use magic but to control it. You have inadvertently, I'm sure, been using your powers in a way that is neither taught nor tolerated at our school. You are not the first, nor will you be the last, to allow your magic to run away with you. But you should know the Hogwarts can expel students and the Ministry of Magic will punish lawbreakers still more severely. All new wizards must accept that in entering our world, they abide by our laws. Um, which is true, but then there's also no support for magical orphans. And so then that's how they end up this way. Same with the Obscurials. Can't have laws if you don't have things mm. in place to make sure these things don't actually fucking happen. Mm. Ministry is the worst. Mm. Um, A word. So then... Um, Riddle said, I haven't got any money. That is easily remedied, um, said Dumbledore, drawing a leather money pouch from his pocket. There is a fund at Hogwarts for those who require assistance to buy books and robes. You might have to buy some of your spell books on, uh, and so on secondhand. So that is one of the things. So they do subsidize, like, even though, like, Hogwarts is free, but of course the school, the books um, and supplies are not, but they do give scholarships to those. Heavily yeah. subsidized. Um, it's like the thing, so my brother went to, the college that my brother went to, this lady was petty as hell, but I, I love this story. Um, she did a endowment mm-hmm. for the school, um, but also like on her, <laughs> one of the conditions um, of her endowment was that there was never to be any sorority houses allowed on campus because that leads to whores. Oh yeah. There's fraternity houses, but you know. Boys will be boys. Hmm. Weird. We were just talking about sex, sexism, and we were indeed both worlds. Mm-hmm. Where do you buy spell books in Diagon Alley? I have your lists of books and in school equipment with me. I can help you find everything. I don't need you," said Riddle. "I'm used to doing things for myself. I go around London on my own all the time." Um, 
So Dumbledore gives him a terrifying mm-hmm. thought. Dumbledore gives Riddle the envelope, tells him how to get to the leaky cauldron. You'll be able to see it, though muggles around you will not. Ask Tom, ask for Tom the barman. Um, easy enough to remember as he shares your name. Riddle gave an irritable twitch. You dislike the name Tom. There are a lot of Toms, said Riddle. Was my father a wizard? He was called Tom Riddle too, they've told me. I'm afraid I don't know, said Dumbledore. But my mother can't have been magic or else she wouldn't have died. Um, so that is the, like, first of all, it's not how magic works, but also, also the it's, pathology. yeah, that's where his whole thing came from. His mom died um, and she, and when he does find out that she was the one who was the witch, he writes her off as weak and is like, that ain't finna be me. I know I'm 16, but I'm gonna make take precautions. And then he died at 75. Because he was left alone. Like, if this is, this is actually really heartbreaking shit. Mm-hmm. But then again, he, he murders thousands of people. So many people. So many people. So, you know. But also, like, it is very heartbreaking. Because if you think about, it, like, the 11-year-old Tom Riddle and the 60 or 70-year-old Voldemort, it all stems from this place of, I've been alone my entire life because my mom mm-hmm. died. And my, because my father, because again, he has, he doesn't have, yeah, he doesn't have his origin story correct. So he's like, my father abandoned my mom, my muggle father abandoned my mother for being a witch. And then she died because she was weak. And so fuck muggles. I was left alone. Fuck muggles get immortality. That is his, that's the name of his album. But also, it's a really, like, sad thing, because I feel like if Voldemort's origin story was Harry Potter's origin story, he might feel that way, but it would be, it would be triggered by him having kids and a mm-hmm. family. Like, I, I'm going to find, just, and I don't think are very, would, Yeah, they're non-murdery I don't think he would go about it with, to, to yeah. deal with that. I mean, situation. check out our man, our man doubles, Dumble DV, would you know, just eating healthy and having a raw diet. But like, <laughs> like um, I feel like Harry Potter would be like, I am not going to leave my children mm-hmm. alone with mm-hmm. no one. But it would happen after he had children. Not, I will never die. Because that just... Because it all stems from my mom died and I'm left alone and there's no mm-hmm. one here. So I'm going to live forever and kill everyone alone else. because I'm too busy on my, my murder shit to have true connection with anyone. So I'm still alone, but living mm-hmm. forever. So maybe his Death Eaters to him are like having followers is the thing. It's like, yeah. Cause you know, there's like people think that's better to be like feared mm-hmm. than loved. Than loved. Yeah. yeah. It's possible. Like some, just some really good therapy, just some like intense, like inpatient, you know, some like eight hour a day session type shit. You'd be set. You wouldn't straight. even have these books. It's nice. <laughs> um, Okay, yeah, so Dumbledore gave him all the information about 
King Cross and when school starts and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then Dumbledore starts to leave and Riddle says, I can speak to snakes. I found out when we've been to the country on trips, they find me, they whisper to me. Is that normal for a wizard? It is unusual, said Dumbledore after a moment's hesitation, but not unheard of. Goodbye, Tom. I shall see you at Hogwarts. So then old Dumbledore, um, Oldledore, takes Harry and is like, all right, it's time. It's time to go back home. Uh, Harry says he believed it much quicker than I did. I mean, when you told him he was a wizard. Yes, Riddle was perfectly ready to believe he was, to use the word, special, said Dumbledore. Did you know then, asked Harry. You know what's really funny is that reading this now, like this was in the trailer. If you go back and watch the trailer of uh, Half-Life Prince, this is like the conversation that Mm -hmm. you hear and everything is real dark and creepy. And I remember feeling that it was so dramatic, but like reading it over, I'm like, yeah, this is, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, these are the questions that you would ask after exactly. that. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I think it's just because, you know, it's all the stuff around it that the movies don't have, as always, mm-hmm. that it kind of makes it feel like you're doing a lot. Did I know that I had just made, met the most dangerous dark wizard of all time? No, I had no idea what he would that he would grow up to be what he was. However, I was certainly intrigued by him. I returned to Hogwarts intending to keep an eye upon him, something I should have done in any case, given that he was alone and friendless. Mm-hmm. And that you, the ministry mm-hmm. should have had some safeguards around, but they did not. Um, but which already oh, I felt I ought to do for others' sake as much as his, which is also true. Um, he had already discovered that he had some measure of control over his powers and begun and had begun to use them consciously. He was already using magic against other people to frighten, to punish, to control. Um, I can make them hurt if I want to. And he was a parcel mouth, interjected Harry. Yes, indeed, a rare ability, and one supposedly connected with the dark arts, although, as we know, there are parcel mouths among the great and good, too. In fact, his ability to speak to serpents did not make me nearly as uneasy heads as his obvious instincts for cruelty, secrecy, and domination. Exactly, because Harry's kind of falling into his the, the stereotypes of parcel tongues, even though he's also, it's like mm-hmm. internalized parcel mouth, anti-parcel mouthism yikes yeah yep. sure go mm-hmm. for it um <laughs> <laughs> yikes so yeah so it's so it's it's that of of all the things like it sounds the creepiest because it's the last thing he says i can talk to snakes but like it's not really the the issue is him talking about he wants to hurt people when they make him mad he can make them mm-hmm. pay or whatever he says mm-hmm. which is like yeah. the first thing he said not the last like the first thing he said was the creepiest thing not the last exactly thing. exactly um, um, I also like the idea of, and I wish they would have spent a little bit more time on it, of Dumbledore saying to Harry, it's unusual, but it doesn't mean that you're going to be evil. Right. Because that is, it's a prejudice thing, right? It's, it, it is a stereotype that is born out of, like, fear and unknowing. Mm-hmm. But... Even if Harry wasn't a parcel tongue, and he isn't really, um, it's good to kind of say, just because someone can do this doesn't mean that they are inherently evil. Right. It's also the nature versus nurture kind of argument, too. Mm-hmm. Time is making fools of us again, said Dumbledore. I might get that tatted. Sorry. <laughs> it is a good one. It is one. a good one. Where is my, I don't have a pen. But, man. Okay, moving on. Um, Before we part, I want to draw your attention to certain features of the scene we have just witnessed. Um, First, I hope you noticed Riddle's reaction when I mentioned um, that another shared his first name, Tom. 
There he showed contempt for anything tied to him, that tied him to other people, anything that made him ordinary. Within a few short years of that conversation, um, he created the mask of Lord Voldemort, um, which is still funny. It's so extra. It's so extra. Like, he could have just, like, been, like, people call me Marvolo. Marvolo is actually a fire name. It's not bad. You can go by a middle name. Yeah, Marvolo is is good. Voldemort is weird. (laughs) Yeah, Voldemort's weird. But no, I think that, like, so my name name is Robin Renee. Mm -hmm. And I like the Renee part better than I like the Robin part. So when I go to, like, Starbucks or whatever, sometimes they're like, what's your name? I'm like, Renee. Like, yeah. you know, I didn't, Lord Rona edit. <laughs> Need some time to figure out your anagram. <laughs> My anagram, I, I, yeah, I gotta have the pen and paper. <laughs> that through. No, but for real. And also, you have to make sure, well, you may not have to do the I am part. He just happened to have I am yeah. Lord left over from the, uh, the rest of his name. And Marvolo is better than Marvolo is way better than Voldemort. Marvolo is terrifying. But also like is a cool name. It's only terrifying if you're terrifying. Voldemort sounds like you're trying yeah. too hard. I want to go into the chat a little bit because we were talking about like how extra Voldemort is and stuff and Dumbledore. Um, Delia says a clue into Dumbledore's psyche is the I was intrigued by him, mm-hmm. not and he didn't say I was creeped the fuck True. out. Um, and then Amani, all caps, cruelty, secrets, and domination. Well, you would know all that all about that, wouldn't you, Albus? Because you know, mm-hmm. Amani's nothing if not on. Point. He also um, was just thinking about the tattoo idea too, which I'm actually writing down because I'm going to get it. It's going to happen. I don't know when, and I don't know where. I would also like to point out that I went with. Bayana to get her first tattoo and she now has two more tattoos than I mm-hmm. do and I feel a way about that's, it that's you know get, your, get your game up get, fam but I don't have money neither do I except a couple times I just do it once I have money as soon as I get money I'm like ho ho out here <laughs> See, and I'm, like, it I'm going somewhere yeah <laughs> which is also a valid thing to do but yeah I already kind of want another tattoo, but I don't know if it'll be the one that I just came up with because it might end up being that because before two seconds ago, I didn't know what it would be or where, but now I know what. Progress. I I also have to figure out, you know, money because that is a thing. Um, So I trust that you also noticed Tom Riddle was also highly self-sufficient, secretive, and apparently friendless. Um, The adult Voldemort is the same. Though many Death Eaters claim that they are in his confidence, that they alone are close to him, even understand him, they are deluded. Voldemort has never had a friend, nor do I believe he has ever wanted one. And lastly, young Tom Riddle liked to collect trophies. Um, Bear in mind this magpie-like tendency for this particularly will be important later. Um, And now it really is time for bed. Harry got to his feet. Um, His eyes fell on the little table where uh, Marvolo Gaunt's ring had rested last time, but the ring was no longer there. Um, the ring's gone, said Harry, but I thought that you might have had the mouth organ or something. I'm like, okay, Harry, with your Ravenclaw. I see you. Okay. Mm-hmm. Very astute, Harry, but the mouth organ was only ever a mouth organ. And on that enigmatic note, 
he waved to Harry, who understood himself to be dismissed. That's Bye. it. Bye. See you next time. Get out of here. <laughs> so, MVP and benched? Um, my MVP, Albus yes. Dumbledore mm-hmm. suit. It's also Albus mm-hmm. Dumbledore, but I just want to, like, highlight the yeah. suit. The suit gets an MVP, and then Dumbledore okay. gets an MVP. The reasoning for the suit is self-explanatory. It is a fashionably cut, or flamboyantly cut. Plum velvet. Plum velvet. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, if that don't get you an MVP, what wouldn't you? And then Dumbledore, for one, wearing mm-hmm. the suit, and two... I think, like I said, like, I feel like I don't trust the accuracy of this memory. True. Um, we didn't talk about I, that. I trust. We should talk about that. I trust the, the, like, content. Like, I feel like all he did say all these things. I would like to think because of what we know about Tom Riddle and his ability to manipulate and to be more cunning he wouldn't have come out the gate creepy like that. Like, I feel like the the way in which you see that conversation and it's obvious that, like, this kid is off and mm-hmm. dangerous and psychopathic is um, is heightened by you what, hindsight. By, yeah, like, what and I think that that's now. important to point out, especially given, like, what we'll see with Slughorn later and how it's, like, much yeah. more obviously tampered with. And again, like, I don't think Dumbledore probably tampered with his memory in a way that was deliberate, but more in just a way of, like, you... Yeah, when you look back... You just start to remember things yeah. differently when you know more information. Like, I think he said all those things. I think it would probably be more reminiscent of the Slughorn memory where he would say that stuff more inquisitively and more... The same way that Harry was like, I can, like... I'm a wizard? You know what I mean? Like, uh, you know what I mean? But, like, I think, yeah. But I but I also think that within those things, like, the way that Dumbledore, like, provides answers to those questions, talks about, like, not stealing, that there are still rules in the wizarding world, that you're still obligated to treat people a certain way. Um, I, I think that that goes some way into showing... Tom, that there's a different path. Like, he doesn't need to continue yeah. on this path. I don't think he goes far enough, obviously. He, like, the, the 11-year-old's like, I can do it on my own. And he's mm-hmm. like, okay. Like, I feel like that's kind of bullshit. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I just feel like Aminata tells me she can do stuff on her own all the time. And I'm like, mm, well, sure, you know, he's go. a little bit uh, <laughs> older, but I do understand that. But no, but I mean, I'm just thinking, like, Comparatively, yeah, no, I, six-year-old Aminata's like, I don't have to hold your hand across the street. And I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. okay, sure. 11-year-old Aminata's like, I can go here. And I'm, yeah. you know, I can go by myself. No, yeah, you can't. I get that. Uh-huh. You know, I'm not letting you go to a big-ass city by yourself. Right. So, but everyone else in the chapter. It was hard this time to do MVP because no one really did anything, like, great. And so I'm going to copy right. you in Dumble fashion is my MVP and like I'll give it to Dumbledore um, in this case just because both Dumbledores, right? Because he is showing Harry this information and is like teaching him and, you know, has a lesson plan. So that's important in, in a school where that mm. does not happen often. So like that part, so I'll, I'll give, 
I'll give it to Dumbledore for that, and then I'll give it to Youngledore for his fashion. And, um, because it's a plum velvet flamboyantly cut suit, and I'm so salty about the fact that I did not get to see it with my own eyes, or will not get to see it. Delia makes Dumbledore MVP for stunting on the muggles, being the fashion icon that he is. Um, Portia MVPs Dumbledore's sense of inimitable style. Um, and words. An intellectual! And Amani makes time travel MVP because it's the best. Which is (laughs) true. Even though this is not technically time travel, but go on. There's not enough respect in the time room in these books, so I'll, I'll let it, I'll let it fly. Benched. I almost, and really it's an honorary bench, but I'm not going to write it down, um, is the costume designer for Fantastic Beasts and the Crimes of Grindelwald because, excuse me, look at the source material. Um, But really, I'm going to bench the Ministry of Magic because what, why? What the fuck are you doing, fam? Just letting all these children wild out and you could help yourself and them. Wizard Summer Camp! What are you doing? Such it's so easy. easy. It's so Six. easy. Probably doesn't even cost that much. It's so easy. You can put on a Quidditch World Cup. You can put on a summer camp. Mm-hmm. Yep. You, who did you bench? I benched Tom. No, I benched Marope. Um, Tom Riddle's raping ass mama. <laughs> and I feel like We've gone into it. She's the Chris Brown of the Wizarding World. It just, no matter what your circumstances are, what you come from, like those things are, they inform who you become, but there are always ways and and opportunities to not take, to not make the choices that you make and to not do the things that you do. And raping and holding someone against their will and then having the child and leaving the and child thinking that because you don't want to deal with the consequences yeah. of your actions and what you did. And thinking the Stockholm Syndrome choices. was just going to kick in at some point. Right. Yeah. Like, even if by chance he could have loved you, you holding him against his will for years is going to be mm-hmm. a deal breaker. Mm-hmm. Maybe he loves me now. Maybe. But then as soon as he's like, oh, why do I have to live for this woman? Oh, yeah, because she drugged me. So she's a monster. I gotta go. Yeah. Gotta be out. Money, of course. Been trash ass, manipulative, secret lying, muggle confunding, Nazi educating, yet still plum styling Albus Dumbledore. At least he put that in there. At least he is acknowledging the style. I agree with this benching. I just didn't do it because the ministry was getting on my nerves. Yeah. I mean, all of the things make sense. Though, except I will take umbrage (laughs) with the Nazi educating. Because he's not educating Tom on how to become a Nazi. Every kid deserves a chance. Also, he's not the only one who teaches right. him. Right. He isn't right. the headmaster at this point. But I do understand where, yeah. Yes. The rest of it I get. Yes. 
Um, Delia benches Murrow because she's a rapist. End of sentence. Tom is a creepy, murdery kid, but he is still, at this point, a kid. As terrible as he is, the blame rests on Marope, the rapist. Mm. Period. Shady Portia benches Tom and the unimaginative movie muggles responsible for the horrid squalor of each Wizarding World movie tracksuits. Indeed. And then she put a, a an expletive face. And there's a Shade Award, y'all. Hey. Hey, and the Shade Award goes to the original, <laughs> the the best, the unwaveringly shady truth telling, serving as a perfect foil to Harry's perfunctory responses to authority. Oof. Phineas Nigellus out here, and he deserves he it. He's toned down the bigotry He's just a little bit, a little, but other than that, a lot of it. He's out here. Um, thank you for listening. Still next week half, we half <laughs> next week we will be discussing. I'm pretty sure. I think we'll be discussing Harry's uh, monster um, in yes. chapter 14 of Harry Potter and the Half Blood Prince. Felix Felicis. So sorry, it's pointing out there are 30 chapters in in this uh, book. 14. So that's when the monster pops up half of the book, and we had no idea. But that's a conversation that makes sense for next week. Um, make sure to follow along and let us know who you think is the real MVP and who is benched for the chapter. Join us, um, join the conversation on Twitter at WeBlackAndNerds, hashtag WizardTeam. Join our Facebook group. We asked you something. Tell us your, your thing. Your, your thing that we talked about oh, earlier. Oh, what went down in, in the cave. Podcast. What went down in yeah. the cave? Yeah. What are yeah, your let theories? Let us know. Um, and give us your MVP and benched, obviously. Um, not next week, but the week after, I'll give an update on where we're at because it'll be halfway through the book. Um, and then, yeah, Facebook group, Slack channel, blackgirlscreate.org. Hot ass Dallas, Texas. <laughs> Hot ass San Diego. Uh, San Diego is actually not okay. that bad. It is literally the most climate, the, the best climate, the most stable climate. It's in still America. hot. It's 70 degrees and sunny. Oh, 70. Yeah, that's cute. I like 70. Always. And when it's hot, it's hot. But it you're going to wake up and it'll be 70 degrees and sunny again. That's cute. Um, Why me? <laughs> and tacos. Bye, y'all. Bye. <gasps> Taco. Some fish roll taco joints. We can know.